If you rang in the new year with someone special and you're starting a new chapter in your relationship in 2023, Indochino can help you look your best on your big day. With their huge variety of customizable details and fabrics, Indochino lets you design your own unique look from made-to-measure blazers and suits to a custom, portrait-worthy tuxedo, all with no tailor necessary. Shop online to set up your measurement profile and choose your fabric and customizations. Or if you prefer an in-person experience, book an appointment at an Indochino showroom to work with an expert-style guide. Then sit back while your suit is made for you and delivered straight to your door. Suits start just $4.49 and premium fitted shirts start at $89. So if you're ringing in 2023 with wedding bells, plan your custom look with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NEWCHAPTER to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com, promo code NEWCHAPTER. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Mike, I'm on Wikipedia right now on the psychedelic pill. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia, and there's a thing up top that says, This November is Wikipedia Asian Month. Join Wikipedia w- Asian Month. <laughs> Join WAM contests and win postcards from Asia. The band Maybe. or the continent? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe the band is in the continent and then they send you postcards. So if I if I start like, you know, donating in the name of keeping Asia's Wikipedia page accurate, <laughs> then I can get postcards from the surviving yeah, I, members of Asia. I don't know how it works. Maybe you I've always to... wanted a postcard from Jeff Downs. I mean, the guy, that guy's a musical genius. <laughs> I'm impressed that you can name a member of Asia. I couldn't tell you a single Asia song. Jesus Christ. Only time will tell. Heat of the moment. Heat of the Soul moment. Survivor. I didn't Come know that on. was the band Asia. I'm this sorry. was the most disappointing supergroup ever to form next to Bad English. Wait, wait, wait. They I were mean, a supergroup? Oh, my God. John Wetton was in King Crimson, and he was the singer and bass player. And Bill, not Bill Bruford, um, Carl Palmer was from Emerson Lake and Palmer, oh, the drummer. Yeah. That's right. And Steve Howe was the guitar player from <laughs> Yes. And Jeff Downs was also in Yes, but he was also a member of The Buggles. You know, video Yikes. killed the radio star. So it was like this huge super group, and the album comes out. And I'm like, this is gonna be sick. It's gonna be like fucking crazy King Crimson shit. And I put it on, and it's like heat of the moment. I was like, holy shit, this is kind of lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's literally none of those bands you mentioned have ever caught my attention ever. Really, <laughs> I I couldn't name you a single song by Emerson well, being, Lake and Palmer. Being a big fan of of you the know band, him if you Rouge, you know that's you kind of drift into those those prog territories there. Yeah. That's fair. That is a well, very I hope uh, Asia Month on Wikipedia works out for the rest of the band. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I wonder if you if to win the contest you have to either prove how Asian you are or prove how big of a fan of the band Asia you are. Yeah, that's a good question. You know. So only Asians can win the contest. Or only Asians who are fans of the band Asia. Well, there's got to be at least four of us. Mm. 
You're a it doesn't super, sound like you're one of them, though. You're a super group of fans, Mike. Uh, yeah, right. That's, that's right. <laughs> I'm a fan of Rush, and one guy's a fan of fucking, you know, Genesis, and the other guy's a fan of King Crimson. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Literally, I didn't know King Crimson was a band till just a few seconds ago. Are you, you serious? That. You never heard of King Crimson? Nope. Holy nope. shit, dude. They're like the sickest of the sickest prog bands. They're just crazy, crazy shit. What makes a band... A, I know we're going to get into this album. There's a lot to talk about, but what makes a band a prog band? Does that just mean they talk about wizards and shit? No, well, no, but it's like... They're music, from Prague. They're music, yeah, that's right. They're from Prague, Czech Republic. <laughs> Exactly. It was a huge movement in the 70s. We got a lot of great geography puns going on so far. On right. This, on this one. <laughs> hey, Luke, are Somebody we recording? Fucking map. Yes, we're recording. We don't have to do this every time, you dick. Hey, uh, the uh, Adam C.K. Volick episode was great. Thanks. Yeah, that guy was pretty Yeah, awesome. he's very cool. Yeah, very, he was very cool. chill I was, dude. I was screaming at my fucking my radio when I was listening because... He mentioned Tim Walsh, and Luke didn't immediately know who that was. And I was like, Luke, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Because I've always heard him go by T.W. Walsh. Yeah, but I, 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 even then, you still didn't like, I don't know. I was like, how does Luke not know who he's fucking talking about? I did once he knew, mentioned it was T.W. Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> Russ, no. Luke doesn't know who King Crimson is. That's true. The guy's fucking fully unqualified. Or Tim Wetton. Talk about music. What was it? Tim Wetton? <laughs> Yes, Tim Wetton. <laughs> Doesn't even know who Tim Wetton is. Oh, Tim Wetton Walsh. <laughs> All right. We should, no, Adam uh, sounds like a great guy. I'm we, sad I missed that interview. I was on my way to fucking Canada. Eh? Well, hopefully um, we can uh, have him over for a post-Thanksgiving cocktail or something because he's supposed to be around here at, yeah, at yeah, that time. That's cool. So we are talking um, about... Josh like, Dolan is calling me. Should I take this call? Yes, Okay, 100%. hold on a second. Hold on. What if it was a serious emergency? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Josh. Are you okay? Do I need to call the FBI? <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. What, what's going on, man? Nothing. Um, yeah, so I'm not... Um... <laughs> okay. All right, you're not... <laughs> Wait, do you have a studio audience? Uh, you called uh, the Long May You Young podcast. Uh, please, uh, you know, make sure you say what you want to say. Have it all organized. Turn down your radio and please don't swear. This is our Neil Young podcast where we mostly talk Mike Shoe and the Condon Boys, Trans and Harvest and Illinois. We're gonna sit and listen to each one. It's long, may you young. Josh's uh, uh, THC experience is a great segue into the album we're gonna talk about today, yeah. which is Psychedelic Pill. Yes, That's true. Yes, true. I'm very excited for this one. I've been listening to this for three weeks now because obviously yeah. we had the lost episode, but I wasn't going to wait. I dipped into Psychedelic Pill early. And man, I'm going to miss this one, boys. I'm going to miss it. It's uh, I'll, I'll go back to this one a lot. You know what? I, the more I listen to this album, the less I was impressed with it. What? Wow. Really? 
mainly the songwriting. Interesting. Although the horse fucking kicks ass. The horse rules. Firing on all cylinders. This is what Crazy Horse, this album is what Crazy Horse is all about. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is like the Crazy Horse let loose, you know, free range horse right here. It's fantastic. But the more I listen to the lyrics, the more I was like, this is, uh, uh, except for there's a few moments. Yeah, I was going to say, there there are some really good songs on here that yeah, but for the most part, this is a jam record with Crazy Horse, which I am not, uh, uh, I mean, I think that's brilliant. I mean, the playing is awesome. I right. mean, I could listen to it forever, but yeah. but we can talk about the songs, you know, later on, obviously. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I've had a day today. I've had police in my house and it's kind of like discombobulated my entire day. Really? It's weird. Yeah, I had a... a I got a call at work from my alarm company. I had to come home because my alarm went up, my house alarm went off. Jeez. And so I got here and the cops were walking around the house. Luckily I don't I don't work too far away. And uh so I had to show my ID and everything. And then I, I let him into my house. And uh, I think it was just that my dog has gotten to the size where it's gonna set off the alarm now. So we have to uh. alter that. But um so the cops are like, well, we're going to do a walkthrough just to make sure there's nobody else. I said, go right ahead. That's fantastic. And then I, I was thinking, as one of them was walking upstairs, I was like, wow, I, just, uh, I was just at the Harvest Cup here in Worcester all weekend. And I have uh, probably 50 pounds of weed and edibles <laughs> sitting on my desk. Jeez. Like not a legal amount of of stuff sitting on my desk. And so I walked up with him just waiting for him to say something. He came in, he looked, I had like my Slayer bowl out here and stuff. There's like weed all over my desk and he looked around and then he walked out. He didn't say anything and I didn't feel the need to bring it up, but, um, (laughs) they don't care. They know. Yeah. They they got bigger problems here in Worcester than some friggin' hairy King Crimson loving pothead, (laughs) you know, that dog is too big to have the indoor alarm on anymore. But, is that um, what you go by in Worcester? Is that what they know you as? The yeah, hairy, the fat, the fat, hairy pothead, King Crimson, Crimson loving pothead, right? <laughs> but um, I don't think either of you guys weird. can call yourselves fat anymore. You both, you both look great. Oh, thanks, Russ. Well, thanks, Russ. That's really nice. That Do you really want nice. money or something? No, it's true. Luke's Luke's me. been I'm working. You, I'm not giving you a ride to the airport. <laughs> Luke's been working out. Shoe's been on his diet. You guys look great. You know what Thanks. else has been helping Russ is we've both been drinking a lot of Tiesta tea. That's right. Uh, Tiesta tea yeah. is really, really just good, not only for your body, but your mind and your soul. Yep, and they are a proud sponsor of the Long May You Young podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. And if you order Tiesta tea online uh, and you put in the code YOUNG15, you can get 15% off your order. Just in time for the holidays. That's right. Yeah. Still not how. Still don't know how I feel about that. Uh, that that code, but we we'll, we love it. We appreciate 15, the, absolutely. the support. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted him to use, um, you know, fill your cup with the promise of young fifteen, <laughs> but they said what? that was too long. Why couldn't that promo code fill your cup with the, <laughs> the promise, promise of, of young fifteen? <laughs> Fill your, fill your cup with. Oh, I mean, it could be like fill your cup with the promise of Tiesta tea. Right, it's just too long. They said <laughs> right. so. We yeah. do. We have John Craigie joining us, but oh, I told him okay. I told him four thirty because so we could get all this shit out of the way. 
<laughs> We're not, not even halfway yet. through all this shit, man. The intro. <laughs> Do you want to hit the intro real quick? Hit the intro. Listening to Long May You Young, one of two or maybe three Neil Young podcasts that we know of that exist on the planet Earth. There's us, and then there's the Don't Be Denied guys up in Quebec. And I still haven't uh, signed up for my French class, so I don't even know if they're talking about Neil Young because I don't know French. But uh, it sounds like quality stuff anyway. It's like being in a French film, except there's no visuals. That's Joel. That's Joel's podcast, and I keep yeah. imagining that he actually is just making fun of our podcast in French the whole time. <laughs> Probably, he is a very it's funny a podcast guy. about Long May You Young <laughs> and how bad great. it is. <laughs> right, we and how the they have wrong. a lot of fun over there. Yeah, yeah I they do. have a lot of fun over there. They don't be denied. <laughs> they have a good time over there. I yeah. do want to learn French because he also has a French King of the Hill podcast. Mike, did you know? Are you this? serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard of in my Dude's life. Dude's like the coolest Canadian ever. Yeah. I know you're Neil still not. I know Alex. you're still not through the intro here, Shu. But uh, I was actually just up in. I think it's. I think you say Quebec. Quebec. Yes. Quebec. Yeah. Quebec. And uh, I was just up there in Quebec City, and it was fucking beautiful. Absolutely oh, yeah. unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, loved it's it. be- that's a beautiful place to visit. That be- you know, it gets overshadowed by Montreal. It a does, lot. but I I prefer Quebec City actually. Yeah. I I like Montreal a lot, but um, really really enjoyed Quebec City. You uh, you go up there and have uh, two or three brador, and uh, you know you take a nice uh, walk around, see the lovely lady walking around, and uh, you have a good time in the Quebec City there. It's pretty <laughs> good. That was all Try, right. Tell me how I did on my accent. All right. I, think, I thought <laughs> but it was great. But I, I mean, it is a lot of French. Mike, that was so French. good that for a second I thought maybe you were born in Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the French part of Canada, it's but not. thanks. Thanks well, a lot. I was just trying to segue into the album we're talking about. Right. We're, and uh, so my name is Mike Shu, and then we're here with uh, Luke and Russ Condon, our, uh, the co hosts of the band Town Meeting, who uh, Neil will be opening for on the upcoming tour as soon as he gets <laughs> back to them. Uh, and uh, today we're going to cover uh, Neil Young's epic double album. The lo- I believe this is the longest studio album. Yes, his longest studio album. Uh, yep. Psychedelic, pretty uh, much because of you know one song. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, there the three, three, three songs, longest yeah. songs. Yeah, uh, I think are a little over sixty minutes. So yeah, that's like really? an hour's worth of music for just three the three longest songs. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And the three longest songs are my top three. Probably, yeah, you know, I think they might be my top three. As mentioned earlier, the this is full on crazy horse mode. This oh, is yeah. just like Poncho smoking a ton of weed, and they're just going back and forth. And the guitar playing is amazing, and the groove is incredible. The lyrics, most of the lyrics are. Eh. I think the lyrics are are great. I mean, for, they're not they're not his best, but they're not terrible. I think they're great. I think uh, I have a theory on why the lyrics are the way they are. Okay, and we'll we'll bring that up in in a little bit. But 
Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we're at long may you young on Instagram and also Twitter. And you can follow us on Facebook. We have the long may you young group there. And we always post on the, uh, Neil Young subreddit. You can check us out there. Do we have any, um, social media stuff we want to cover? We do a little bit. Um, and before I get to the stuff on Facebook, obviously, uh, I do want to just let everyone know we have a, a Patreon page, patreon.com slash long may you young. I won't beat it to death, uh, but if you haven't joined, you really should. It's a ton of fun. Uh, we, I would just want to thank our new patron this week is Ethan Garrett. And I have to mention our old silver gold tier patrons, John Locke, Craig Bate, or bite on the last uh, episode. He said we pronounced it right, but I pronounced it oh. both ways. So okay. <laughs> I don't know which one. That's helpful. Was correct. That's great. Uh, and then Gooehead, aka yeah, uh, Gooehead. Gooehead is uh, is our old our old friend Mark Ray there. Who uh, and by old, but we me. only mean a couple of months. Yeah, you know. Well, in time traveling <laughs> terms, it's very old. Oh, know? that's true. That's true. Neil may have taken him with him on a few journeys. Journeys through the past. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thanks to them and check out our Patreon page. We got bonus episodes and all that crap. Um, but I posted the album on Facebook and um, I didn't post the album. I posted a picture of it. Um, Elliot Moses, I think a fan from the beginning, uh, real simple says, this is his favorite album since Stars and Bars. Oh my gosh. Huge gap. Yep. Um, Joel uh, from the Don't Be Denied podcast says i loved this he said said i want to see him in central park for free along with the black keys and foo fighters when mm. the foo Fighters show ended the young crowd just left and i was able to get in the front row by the time by he- young crowd i read that as at first as like the neil young crowd and then i realized that they meant like age wise yeah <laughs> which is funny that like <laughs> like black keys and foo fighters there was a young like that's considered the young crowd now well compared to neil young's yeah. <laughs> fans that's come true. on um but he says by the time he did needle i was in tears they played walk like a giant for like maybe the second time on this tour it was unbelievable a new 20 minute jam from the horse everything about this song is incredible the fee fi fo fum whistling and the stomping guitar effect at the end wow <laughs> i thought that was pretty great Oh, very nice for us. Um, I won't read all these, but uh, Ethan Garrett, amazing album. I, oh, I like this. He says, Ethan Garrett says, it's an amazing album. I just love how unconcerned they are about the length of the songs and the album and do it the way they feel is right. I feel like that kind of sums it up pretty perfectly. Yeah. It's like Ragged Glory where they just kind of let it go. Yep. Um, Took their time with it. A lot of love for Ramada Inn. A lot of people talking about Ramada Inn. Um Ashok Sadana says, first time I heard it, I thought it was an ama- was amazing. Felt like finding my lost old comfortable shoes. Put them on and went, ah, but they were new, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, um, But yeah, there's a, there's a little bit more, but uh, do you guys have anything else that people are saying? Um, on Twitter, I have uh, a, a guy, uh, Jan Ficker Ruiz. that's his real name uh he's following uh long may you young on twitter and it's not about uh the last episode it's he's just getting into it and he just listened to the stars and bars episode from a while back and he says 
what the F is wrong with you guys? You're really underrating Like a Hurricane. As someone said, Like a Hurricane is the song in which Neil Young plays the second best guitar solo ever, sings a little bit, and then plays the best guitar solo ever. So apparently we didn't give enough love to Like a Hurricane in the Stars and Bars episode. We, I thought we gave it a good amount of love. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of our favorites. I think that's one of our like newly discovered favorites, right? Like yeah. when time fades away and... Yeah. That's one of those albums we just didn't really pay attention to. And when we got into it here, we fell in love with it. Why is Stars and Bars coming up twice on this episode? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a damn good record. It is. Um, and then on the uh, Neil Young subreddit, The Verg just sends a nice note uh, from the, uh, the Americana episode that was posted up there. Holy smokes, been doing a personal playthrough of Neil's discography the last couple of weeks. Had no idea you were doing this podcast. It's a perfect companion. So thanks for having us along on that journey. The Verg. The Verg. On Reddit. They sing that song, that famous song from the 90s, The Fregman. <laughs> the Fregman? Instead of the Verve. The Verg pipe? <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about Bittersweet Symphony by the Verg. Bittersweet Symphony. Symphony. <laughs> this Yikes. is so stupid. Anything from uh, Instagram, Russ? Yes. Um, All right, great. Let's cool. move All on. All right, then. yeah. Let's. <laughs> well, I was just, I was just going to find it. Okay. Don't you have, do you have it written down just, somewhere? Do you guys want me to respond to whatever the fuck it was you were just doing with the, the band names? No, no. We were just wondering if there's anything on Instagram. Russ, by read. the way, just but had a, you, Russ just had a natural Neil moment there. He go, I'm sorry. I'm trying to fucking figure <laughs> shit out here. Hey, Daryl, <laughs> you're bullying me over here. <laughs> hey, Daryl. I got hey, it. does a pretty good job at imitating me being pissed off, right? You know that, honey. I think my, I think my new favorite is is Hey Daryl. They're doing the Hey Daryl. <laughs> uh, I got to read another one from uh, the homie Jiggles. Homies, homies. Yeah, what's up, family? Our bud Jeremy. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, you got you guys just keep checking boxes for me. Last week. My wife and I started watching The Sopranos for the first time. Oh, nice. Shit. Nice. Right? right? The day after we watched the first episode, I listened to your Dreamin' Man episode. When you guys talked about the ducks, I was like, hey, I get that reference. And then he said, I love you guys. Thanks for always mentioning me on the show. It's hilarious. Maybe someday I'll become a fully realized character like Dan Moshpit or Nails Lofgren. <laughs> or you could just have me as a guest. Oh, we should do that. Right? We I don't know him as a guest, but he's got to paint his face. We'll all paint our faces. I think totally would would be that yeah. would be awesome. Oh hell yeah! I, uh, I I I do want you to know that I I am oh, trying to convince okay. uh, the rest of the guys in town meeting to do a full ICP set and call ourselves Clown Meeting. <laughs> so far, no one has been on board. I'll do it. All right. Well, I got one. I guess. <laughs> I'm bring a Fago if you need Fago. I'll get some Fago. Oh, you should, actually, we should use Squirt. I had some Fago root beer yesterday. It was great. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Is that is that everything from uh, Instagram? I mean, no, there's more, but it's fine. We can move on. Tell us your uh, Mike Tyson story. That's cool. Oh, we're going to. All right. So uh, I was at the Harvest Cup 
which is a giant cannabis trade show here in Worcester. They have every year. It's two days. It was last Saturday and Sunday. And Mike Tyson was doing like an autograph signing thing in Braintree. And he heard that the Harvest Cup was going on. So he just decided to drive over from Braintree to Worcester and show up. <laughs> and he literally like walked around just like everybody else, except with a huge crowd of people around him. Did he have like an entourage? Um, no, he only had, he had like um, one guy who was videoing the whole thing. He had one guy holding a bag so people could throw weed in there for him. Like he and was trick or treating. Yeah, exactly. It was just like trick or treating. And he had his bodyguard. And um, he like, he literally like showed up and checked out a bunch of vendors and then came up to the Harvest Cup booth and checked out all the competitors and asked questions and, Cause he's in the business you know, rules. You know, so he wants to get some exposure and check out the competition. And he was very, he was very cool, man. He's probably high as fuck, but um, you know, <laughs> you guys chatted a little bit. I just said, hi, how you doing? He's nice. like, how's it going? <laughs> you know, and that was, that was about <laughs> that it. Was that was the good. extent of it. Did you ask him about psychedelic pill? <laughs> hey, do you like Neil Young? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> and then Wait, Saturday. So do, or you you work for what were you there for the radio station? I was or? doing, no, I was doing like the, the PA announcing, Oh, oh. you know, it's like, Hey, Ed Rosenthal, master grower or whatever is signing his book. And the, you know, I was just doing announcements and stuff and gotcha. Yeah. Eating little bits of friggin' cookies while I was there. It was <laughs> kind of nice. Did anyone nice. have honey slides? No, no. I asked a couple of people about that and they, they thought it was disgusting. The way I described it. And that's because it's come such a long way. Like making infused honey now is, is an art form. You know, it won't come out black like they talked about, you know, with the on the beach sessions. And right. stuff. So. What's up, John? John Craigie, what's up? Sorry, I'm a couple minutes late. I was just getting ready. That's all right. We're talking about uh, Mike just worked a cannabis festival and Mike Tyson showed up. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. He wouldn't shut up about the on the beach album. <laughs> He was just like really constantly like, you know, see the sky about to rain. It's just, you know, it's like, it's hugging my soul. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He knows, man. He's the champ. Yes. He it. That's right. <laughs> oh man. Well that I'm, I wanted to come Mike. I just, uh, you know, with five children, I, I know with five kids, it's amazing. You're still alive. Actually. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, John Craigie is here. John just released a new single called Laurie Rolled Me a J. It's excellent. I've listened to it several times and put it on a few playlists. John Thank is touring you. the West Coast right now. So this episode comes out tomorrow. So if, you, uh, if you're out in – are you in California right now? Yeah, I got a day off right now. Well, I guess if it comes out tomorrow, I had a day <laughs> off yesterday. And uh, I play Solana Beach, Belly Up, uh, Wednesday night, and then doing Troubadour – thursday and making my way back up so nice oh, so yeah. definitely go check out john um especially you neil because we know that neil young is a huge listener of this podcast oh uh, yeah so hopefully neil comes out to your show that'd be pretty sweet john said yeah. he'd let you come up for maybe a song maybe two maybe <laughs> right you keep the solos to a minimum though neil we don't have <laughs> 30 minutes <laughs> Oh man. Um, all right. So I guess we could, we could just get into it here. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into the songs or do you want to, no, we should talk about the album as a whole. We should, well, Oh, okay. Here's the thing. I wrote down some, I wanted to have, when we were going to do this in person, I thought I'd bring back that thing where we make up drinks for the album. Yeah. So I made up a few drinks. I didn't make any of them, but I just thought I'd share them with you fellas. 
The first okay. one's called a psychedelic pilsner. And you just take okay. any pilsner and drop a tab of acid okay. in it. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the second one is a twisted road. You just take any twisted tea and drop a tab of acid in it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's I'm nice. really getting creative with these. Yeah. Uh, the uh, next one is a white Ramada Russian. It's just a white Russian with a tab of acid in it. Excellent. <laughs> wow. Um, and you can make these at home, uh, listeners. It's uh, very easy. All you need is the ingredients for these drinks and uh, tabs of acid. Right. So. Very good. Don't make the acid at home. Please don't do that. <laughs> the the that last to the experts. The, the last drink is called a horseback, uh, named after the hidden track that's only on the Blu-ray. Uh, Blu-ray. It's, it's the same as a pickleback, but with horseradish instead of uh, pickle juice. Uh, you can put some acid if acid, you wanted, yeah, but not required. Excellent. Right. So I think we should try those next time we're together, boys. I'm sure. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I don't know about taking acid at my age. Um, I don't think, you know, I just feel like now that I have a child and a mortgage, um, those are real downers. Like I could, I could really start flying and then kind of go, Oh, did I pay the mortgage yet this month? And then that's it. I'm in the emergency room and they're pumping my stomach. And then they're calling Josh Dolan to, uh, talk right. you off the horse. <laughs> talk you down, put your pants back on my mortgage mm-hmm. is fine. So we're going to talk about the album first or, uh, like a little background or we're going to get right. Yeah, let's do that. But, um, should we, should we do, cause a lot of people were bringing up stars and bars for some reason, but as far as crazy horse records go, where would you place this as far as like your ranking of the crazy horse records? Now I, I, I was unsure if I should throw in, everybody knows this is nowhere or if the Witten album kind of stands alone. No, that's, that's crazy horse. Yeah, yeah, I know, I but I just feel like there. the Poncho, the Poncho records, are their own sort of crazy horse. You know what I, I mean? See what you're saying this is a loaded question, though. I feel like this is a this is a tricky one because this is one of my favorite albums. I think. Yeah, I love this. I love this album a lot, but I don't me, think it's so. Di- you, you can't even put it on. Let the me same. just let me just throw two at you at least. Then what about Ragged Glory and Zuma? Where does this sit for you over those? Shit. I don't know. I hate I'd have this. to say Zuma, Zuma's number one and yeah. Ragged Glory would be second after that and then Psychedelic Pill if we're only doing if we're only talking about those two. It just makes it a little easier. So I figured I'd throw right. it at everyone. I gotta I, tell you, I, I don't think I mean well no, that's not true because life was crazy horse, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that would be at the bottom. For me okay. as well, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then uh then Americana. Well, Americana is, 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 yeah, is there too. So, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was right before this. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd have to say as crazy horse goes, I'd go, everybody knows this is nowhere. Ragged glory. And then Wait, didn't Zuma. you just say Zuma over ragged glory. I would go ragged glory first. Okay. I, I could go with that. Definitely. I oh, love Ragged Glory. It's definitely with me in my top five. I think I go Ragged Glory over Zuma. I think so. What about you, John? What do you do you, as far as those three? Yeah, I also love this record a lot. And I, would, I like this record just because I was so pleased when it came out because I had not been that into a lot of the stuff that had been happening, you know, at that, you know, in that like 2000s Neil, for example, or at least like mid. But... Yeah, my only thing that holds me back on this one is just I have this 
unfortunate bias of like late era legends albums, you know, just that, that slight feeling of out of touchness or that slight feeling of MP3 he mentioned, you know, kind of yeah. thing, mm-hmm. which I know we'll get to. But so I'm going to lean towards Zuma and Ragged before this only because of that, because of my bias towards yeah. uh, the like touchness. But this is, uh, I think the tones on this is some of my favorite tones that Neil's gotten ever, you know, especially like Ramada in yeah. and walk like a giant. Like I love the, the, the sound of this record is very, yeah. Cool. I mean, it is, it's so fucking, yeah, it's, it's unlike anything before. And the, like she was saying it, this is, I mean, this is full blown, you know, dirt kicking up horse, you know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is just horse on the fucking, you know what I mean? Just yeah, fucking this riding. Horse is- this yeah. horse is, yeah, it's, it's just the horse is totally full loose on this one, which is great, which is yeah. awesome. And yeah, no reins. Right. Now, I, I remember I said no. on Mar- an Americana, what the album needed was was yeah. Briggs to hold it, to give it more of a spark. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't know. I don't know if Briggs, like Briggs' last great crazy horse record, well, I guess you could say it was Sleeps With Angels, but he did Ragged Glory and the sound on that, and the yeah. way they jammed out on that is so great. I don't know if if uh, if they would have the same effect on on this one, but this is to me the full on just guitar album. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and you can really hear Poncho on this too. There's very few albums you can really hear Poncho playing along. Yeah, intertwining with Neil's playing. It's Poncho's last album too. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great one. And yeah. um, you know, like I said, I'm just not crazy about a lot of the lyrics, but I can't deny like putting the, like this album on headphones, you know, yeah. and, and having it go yeah. back and forth across my brain. Yeah. You know, just, it's just, and then in the car, like this album oh, on yeah. the highway is unfucking believable. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Great and driving a, record. Yeah. It's just like Ragged Glory and like American Stars and Bars and and uh, and Broken Arrow, you know, there's some Neil albums that are just made for driving too. Yeah, you know, they're just you got to drive to really fully appreciate them, and this is definitely one of those. I, I, yeah, go ahead, Luke. Well, I was saying, I think I told you guys after we lost that episode, I was so fucking furious with myself, just just in a shit mood, and I said, I'm going to go to the next album and just listen to it, it now, now, even though we haven't recorded the Americana episode yet. And if it, if it wasn't psychedelic pill, like if the next album had been like silver and gold, I don't think I would have, I don't think we would be doing this podcast anymore, (laughs) but it's just, it was, it, it hit me in all the right ways. Just at the, at the right time. It, I don't know. I went for a long walk and drifting back, just fucking, held me together. <laughs> I I love this album. I think it's so fucking good from beginning to end. I'm having a hard time thinking of a song I would cut from this. Uh and then I listened oh, it's to pretty the, easy for me. What which one? Let me guess. Love a man. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that I like that song, but anyway. No, I mean there, I, there's reasons I like it too, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. No, yeah. but I just I don't know. I love it. I I love the whole thing and the writing, yeah, it's not it's well, that's where favorite. it gets tricky with with the comparison to Zuma and Ragged Glory, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. Zuma and Ragged Glory, the writing, especially I, oh, man, Ragged Glory might be some of my favorite writing. I mean, Think it's about Barstool Blues. Think about I know, no, I know, I know. Yeah, Zuma, you know, stupid girl, and yeah, I mean, just like the the lyrics, just to 
those songs are, I mean, you know, it's, and I have a theory as to why, you know, first of all, he's, he's at a point where, you know, it's how long since those albums, right? How long Mm -hmm. we're talking, what, 30 years since those albums at this point, Mm -hmm. something like that. So, you know, obviously any artist, whatever they do music or whatever it is, it's, they're going to change over that time. They're going to evolve. And, and, you know, his, his style of writing lyrics, you know, has, has changed. It's not as poetic no, as it used to be. And I have a theory about why this album, to me, some of the lyrics are like they are because he was just getting off writing, waging heavy peace. He was writing a book. So he wrote this like 500 page book. And I think that kind of effect that it kind of goes along with this album. He, I mean, drifting back is basically to me like an ad for his book. And it seems like it's like, it has that same thing where he's just kind of, he's not really, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because I'm not a songwriter, you know? So I hate to criticize something that I really can't do, but it seems like he's just kind of reporting the news on a lot of these songs and not so much writing lyrics. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think he's got good lyrics. Like even on Drifting Back, where it's very clearly he's mad and in a lot of ways rightfully so about the way the music industry is going. Like the, I don't know, that line that I, I worry you can't hear me now and feel the time it took to help you feel this feeling and let you ride along. It's really fucking good. He's in the, like Twisted Road, born in Ontario, Ramada Inn. It's fucking great writing. I mean, even Walk Like a Giant, even though there's not a lot there, I feel like what is there is a lot. Yeah. And and um, I have kind of, back to my whole theme thing, there's kind of a, a uh, an overall thing in this record, which I think is, is really cool, really genius. And I'll get into it, but I, I think I think what Neil is doing with this record, in a way, you could look at it like a trip, or you, or you could look at it like a meditation, which some people would say are very similar things. And I think that that's kind of what this record is. I think that if you get into a, if you go to meditate or if you go on a psychedelic trip or whatever, this record is kind of, in a way, that experience. It, because you have almost all of the elements. And that's why even with the song that, I, that is my least favorite, still adds to that sort of thing. And I know you could say that about, oh, every record you could say that about. But this one in particular, I feel like it was almost intentional, I think. Just, just the fact that Drifting Back has references that lyrically. And then in Psychedelic Pill, that's the next song. And then it, you come back to psych, Psychedelic Pill. And there's a lot of themes in this record lyrically and musically where it's one thing and then you come back to that same thing, but it's changed or you think that it's changed. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, like a meditation. It's like a trip where you start out with one idea in your head. And then by the end of that trip, by the end of that meditation, you're, you're trying to find your, you are drifting back. You're trying to find your way back to that original thing but things shift and change like you said you people uh evolve and change over the years and, and the lyrics become different and le- maybe less poetic or whatever but there's still always that same sort of truth that he's trying 
in that way we always say on this podcast, that fucking Neil Mann sort of way, even if it is him saying, I used to dig Picasso and now he's a wallpaper on, you know, whatever. Like that still is Neil and that's still him trying to drift back to the same thing that he's always been saying even since the 60s and like with Walk Like a Giant, we get that. Um, and I know I'm, I'm going, going a little too deep here, but cause I know we'll get into it song by song, but I, I like this record for that reason that I think there is that sort of theme. And I think drifting back is, is kind of essentially saying, saying it all. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> well, I just, that, I just, I feel that he had just gone through months and months of, uh, or a couple of years in writing this book. So bringing going back to things is definitely mm-hmm. yeah i can see that you know because yeah. he had to kind of dredge up memories and not that waging heavy peace is a conventional memoir in any way i don't know if you guys read it and yeah, i read gotten, some of it yeah i've been gotten through like half of it it's hard to read it's, hard to read. it's like a tarantino <laughs> movie it jumps yeah. from time to time yeah you know and back and forth huh. um so I think yeah, that, that's interesting, isn't it, Shu? I wonder why that is. I wonder if hmm. okay, don't no, we didn't now, John. In the last in the Americana episode, we have this theory that Neil Young and David Chase are both time traveling vampires, <laughs> and that there's Neil Young references in the Sopranos. There are there are Neil Young that. references in the Sopranos, <laughs> and I like this theory. Yeah, and that what was it, Luke? That uh, Neil is basically Neil's an Egyptian. Egyptian now god. he's an Egyptian god. Before he was a time traveling right. vampire. No, now he's ne- an Egyptian. Neil god. is. We're, he's we're seven Egyptian gods. <laughs> he's right. the, the seven seasons of these the Sopranos represented as Egyptian gods. Right. And also, and that, we for, we forgot to mention in the last episode uh, the fucking bar that Adriana ends up owning is called the Crazy, Crazy Horse. horse. So. Right. Right. So there's all these connections with the Sopranos and we're just, uh, Neil Young is an Egyptian God and we're just existing in his dream. And once he wakes up, then everything will be wiped out and we'll start all over again. Once he goes back to sleep. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, I just, I I just watched the pine Barrens. That's a great episode. Oh yeah. And we're talking about this all came up on the Americana episode and this one both recorded in 2012 which was, was supposed to be that. the apocalypse, and John Craigie always writes about the apocalypse in like every song. Yeah, so. yeah, it's all connected. It is. I see that. I like that. <laughs> and also, this is his thirty-second uh, studio record. Yeah. Yep. And the yes. release date was ten thirty. Yeah. Uh, Twenty twelve. I don't know. There's just got to be some numerical. <laughs> now we're getting. <laughs> you didn't have anything. <laughs> getting, no, didn't I didn't have anything. anything. I didn't have anything. Wanted, I just not, threw the. I just threw the line wait, out and was hoping yeah. that someone who knew who knew shit about numbers would be like, now "Oh you're, yeah, now fuck, you're getting you're, right. into, you're getting into Aronofsky <laughs> territory here and pie and shit like that. And the and catalog and, number is five three one nine eight zero dash two. And. On the 500, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah, let's stop while we're, while we're way behind, all right? <laughs> what has this podcast become? What, I don't know. This what is, was it ever? Yeah. Um, well, just a little bit more before we get into the songs. Uh, after they recorded Americana, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode, Poncho pulled Neil aside and said, hey, this is a lot of fun, but how about recording a real album now? Yep. And so I think that was Neil taking the challenge. What's interesting is through a lot of Waging Heavy Peace, he he talks about trying to sit down and write songs and he doesn't think he can write songs anymore because he's sober. Mm. So this is the most sober Neil's been, he said, since he's been 18 years old. Wow. wow. So even though this is like psychedelic pill, this is a very sober Neil 
you know, trying huh. to write music sober for the first time in a long time. So and does so, that, do you think that adds to your, is that I, part I, of, yeah. I think that adds to it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. With the lyric stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 That's super interesting. I, and I get that. I, and not that I do a ton of drugs. I mean, I do drink a good amount, but uh, I, I have a hard time playing a show if I'm not drinking. I don't know. Writing, same thing. I need to be in a certain, I don't know. What about you, John, as a songwriter? Do you feel that your writing is, is better or different? Or is there another level if you are maybe altered in some way? Uh, yeah, I don't write much during the altered state because I don't want, usually I don't want to write. Maybe stoned, I can rec- like record demos. That feels pretty good. But as far as I like to go to those uh, places for the inspiration for the stories, but my writing process is pretty sober. My performance process is pretty sober. And then my, like in the studio, uh, weed is the only thing, even like even alcohol in the studio will definitely mess me up. Um, mm. But really that's, yeah, that's every artist is kind of all over the place. I have friends who can't perform sober, you know, and I know that sounds like a crutch, but whether it's their nerves or, they just can't reach the muse, you know, through the clean gate of sobriety, which I totally get. And uh, it took me a, f- a couple of years to sort of figure that out because I think especially if you're a music nerd and you study a lot, that's the first thing you think is like, to be good, I got to do drugs, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All my yeah. heroes did this and I don't want to, I don't want to end up sounding like Christian rock or something, you know, that's like too sober. So I think sober music at first feels really scary, but it's really that journey of the musician. And we all know those musicians where they make that sober record and you're like, maybe mm. some drugs could be, you know, like, right. not so cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, would, uh, you know, would the stones or the doors, you know, would those, or, you know, any like music from like Iggy pop and the stooges, would any of that music be the same without the drugs? Can you imagine the sober Jim Morrison record? <laughs> yeah, I can't even. It would. It would. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it would just. I can't. Just, I, yeah, it's crazy. Come on, baby, park my car. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, just late two thousands hipster Jim Morrison singing about you know the artisanal coffee beans he's been drinking and right and what, what whatever myundies.com. Right. <laughs> Sorry if that's a long title. No, I wish no, it was. Yet. Not yet. It's no. Me undies. But uh, yeah, they sorry. just got free. They just yeah. got free advertisement on this podcast, which no one listens to. Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah, I write, I write and totally sober and uh, perform mostly sober as well. So yeah, I mean, it's it's different for everyone, and and it is yeah. When you bring up things like the doors and shit like that, yeah, I mean, that's a interesting thing to ponder. But I don't know. I mean, I I think you're onto something though, Shu, where neil admitting this is the most sober he's been in however long and and then kind of listening to it through that understanding definitely makes it a um a different experience for sure but uh i think it's a little surprising consider considering this is the most like one of the most fun albums to listen to when you're stoned sure yeah yeah. You know, I mean, it's definitely the, the long crazy horse jams are awesome on headphones, you oh know, my God, after, yeah. after eating a few gummies, you know, that's and 27 minutes. Oh, sorry to interrupt Mike. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, that I respect about this record is 
at this stage in the career, at this stage of sobriety, doing 27 minutes, 16 minute right. tracks, that's not some, that's something that, you know, somebody really high would do, you know, <laughs> right. Keep it, hey man, keep it rolling, yeah. you know, yeah. keep it going. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did, did any of you guys listen on the archives? They have the extra track called yes. horseback. Yeah. Horseback. Yeah. yeah. Fucking 37 minutes. Yeah. It just turns into Cortez. Like yeah. Well, it through. starts, I don't know if you notice, it's a super slow version of fucking up. Oh, is it? Yeah, it starts as a very, very slow, sludgy well, yeah, version of fucking up. Yeah. Ralphie's doing like th- this drum thing, which goes on for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, and then it kind of morphs into yeah. Cortez. And then it goes into Cortez, yeah. And that's like, you know, total, like, I mean, that's like, to me, that's like a drug jam. Oh, God, yeah. You know, it's just the oh, way they're awesome. kind of like careening to, you know, in different directions and the distortion and everything. But it's, yeah. you know, like at its most sober. It's so you know? weird to me. Yeah, but I mean, I, w- once that's in a person, it doesn't just disappear. Especially if you, you know, if he's been either drinking or taking something or smoking whatever since he's eighteen, and you know, whatever. How how old was he when he recorded this one? You know, in his sixties at this point. It was nine um, years ago. Yeah. So he just turned seventy six. Yeah. So that's what I mean. That doesn't just. It's not like you can't access that if if he's again like you said he's called the record's called psychedelic pill there's and i mean that song has that warped sort of mm-hmm. um you know production yeah. to it so he's he's going for something there and, and it's not like he can't access that imagery or that state of uh recollection or something i mean yeah you're you're not in in that place but it's not like you don't know it or can't be like, this is the experience. I know it at this point so well that I, if I'm, if I want to capture it through sound, you know what I mean? It, it's like anything else that you know that well, I guess. Well, I, I think the, the psychedelic pill concept works in a way where it's like, it's not just about, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's like long, long jams that are great to listen to when you're high. It's more like you're, you're kind of going to a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're kind of, like you said, Russ, you're taking a trip, yeah, right? But you're taking a trip to some pretty familiar places. It's mm-hmm. not like you're going somewhere completely new. You're going to a place that you know very well, you know, with guys that you know very, very well. Yeah. And so that could be the the pill part, you know, like kind of like, you know, that would be the drug, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, going to, back it, and it, dipping into your past and trying to get those feelings back again that you had, cause that is kind of a high. I mean, as musicians, some musicians say they, you know, they chase that feeling and that's, that's why they make music because they want to get that feeling. It's kind of like a junkie, you know, you're always going for that first time again. And some musicians will play and they, they keep going after that feeling that you get when everything's just going right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and there's there's that particular high, and maybe that's what this is. You know, that's no, what I think mean. that's a great point, and I I think it goes back to the meditation thing as well, because you know, if you if you're talking about trying to uh, when your thoughts go bananas, it's about coming back to the breath, you know, and so like drifting back, you're trying to you know center yourself back to that original breath or mantra or whatever it might be and so when you were talking about him playing with the horse that is almost breath for him you know what i mean it is mm-hmm. almost his like comfort spot that's why we have the longest record to date with this record because 
He doesn't give a fuck now. He's in his 60s. And this is breathing. This is another form of breathing right. for Neil. I mean, right. It, do, you, do, you, do you think he knew that? Do you think he knew this was Poncho's last record? Do you think they knew going into this? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, do you think that contributed to the vibe of the record? Because it, after someone mentioned that on when we posted this on the Facebook page, and I, I didn't even know that this was his last record, and then I thought about it, I'm like, oh yeah, it definitely was. But uh, it, it almost feels like going into it, they're like, let's just fucking, I don't know. They, I think I, that's just how they approached it. At their playing every time they got together, regardless. Yeah. Except for maybe, except life. for maybe life, <laughs> which just was just a, a a very disappointing, crazy horse wreck. I don't even know why their name was on there, but mm. um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think that's you know if you listen to Broken Arrow and Ragged Glory and Zuma and stuff on Stars and Bars, you know that's how they did it. They just kind of went for it every time. That's why Neil yeah. had that whole you know just as soon as I walk in the studio, just start rolling that tape. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and a lot of credit to uh, John Hanlon for, and I think he's been on almost all of their, all of Crazy Horses records anyway. But he, I think he just at this point knows what Neil wants, <coughs> knows how to capture it, knows how to, knows when, like how to feel Neil out and just let them go for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, do you want to get into the music? Yeah, we should. Let's do that. Unless John, did you have any other things about the making or the record overall? No, no, I think I said what I was going to say about it. Cool. All right, let's see if I can pull this. Oh, Jesus Christ, with the fucking Neil Young archives, yeah, you know, always. What? And I also, I complained about this in the last episode. The Neil Young archives are always booting you off. It does, it does it. Always. Every yeah, it's Hey, Daryl, I booted hey, him off again mid podcast. <laughs> Hey, Daryl, that thing's still <laughs> happening with the archives. <laughs> Call the IT guy. Fucking Neil, man. It's fucking great. I oh knew that was going to happen to you, bro. Mm-hmm. There it is. about them in my book Worry that you can't hear me now Feel the time I took To help you feel this feeling Let you ride along No dreaming about the way it just cuz you know we don't want to get sued Yeah, yeah. although he has listened and we have that's true. He he does listen, and we haven't been sued yet. So that's good. <laughs> He's not listening. I want to hear the shift.
Good shit. I, I really like that uh the, that acoustic intro into that like the audio thing there where it's mm. to me that's what I mean, Shula. It's kind of it's kind of like a trip. It's like a meditation. Right. You know, it's yeah. you get to that place and then like you go, you know, it's it's um Yeah, to me that acoustic intro is the equivalent of the the harp sound effect they play when someone reminisces and then they fade back to when they were a kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that okay. kind of heart swirling harp kind of time, uh, time travel. Yeah. And, and the, and the screen gets, does that like yeah. warbly yeah, or in, in Wayne's yeah. world terms, the <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but again, this is, you know, the jams on here are amazing. The guitar players, the oh, guitar, guitar yeah. playing is incredible, but it's just the, you know, some of the lyrics. I, Luke, the lyrics you pointed out, th- those are cool. I, I like those a lot. Does he compare himself to Jesus in that second verse? <laughs> a little bit. That's a weird line. I was, yeah. I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, go, go ahead, John. <laughs> well, first of all, like the, this writing snob in me just doesn't like the phrasing of it. When, when they come back, I push them out like Jesus had a rock. So I think, I think what he's trying to say here, because then he says they pushed in front of his cave. Now they rolled across the ground. So I think he's trying to make a comparison of like Jesus in the tomb and the resurrection. Right, right. And, Yes, he is comparing himself to Jesus, but more so in some sort of like meditative, uh, you know, attempt, I think. But I don't like the line, like Jesus had a rock. It's just, um, <laughs> it's, a re- it's, it's a really interesting choice of words there. Yeah, so that, that thing is like, I, it's like, that's the thing about this song in general. I like what he's trying to say with everything, including the MP3. But the way he says it is just super, like, grandpa awkward. Yeah. And except for, like, what, yeah, what Luke mentioned, that the first lines are really cool. Um, it's a little cheesy when, when we know that he wrote a book and then he's talking about his book. It's a little, like, cross-marketing, but it's right. fine. Um, yeah, that was the one thing that, I, yeah. It's we, a sale at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Twenty ninety five. Yeah, he's like, give us the code. Like, what's the coupon code? You know, like, and the, even like the Picasso thing. That's cool. The hip hop haircut, like, that's yeah. fine, but. It's just all comes off like a little out of touch. That's my only thing. Well, it's a little get off my lawnish. Yes, right? yes, there's that it's too. It's like yeah. the old guy saying, look at these kids playing their video games and listening to their rock and roll music. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, so that, that's what I mean about the lyrics, you know? I, mean, I get it. It, it, it. They're not as poetic. He's just, I know he's Neil and he's telling it like it is. You know, you can't deny like this is how he really feels. Yeah. You know, there's no yeah. denying that. It's just he's doing it in a less poetic way. He's fucking pissed, man. Like he's been doing this for decades and decades. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not justifying he get he hates MP3s. I get it. And the irony right. is not lost on me that we're zooming this episode where he spends <laughs> 27 minutes complaining about audio quality. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> fucking Neil. Okay. Uh but it's just I don't know. Like he, I don't know. I, yeah, you guys are right. I fucking, I just the opening line of this. I the opening lines are really good, and then yeah. it, it there, but there's still gems sprinkled in. I feel yeah. like. part, a part of me, even John, even wants to overanalyze that 
kind of ridiculous line because <laughs> I want to give Neil the benefit of the doubt, even though I know I shouldn't. But I want to be like, hey, that's kind of what your thoughts are like when you're meditating. Like, sure. You know what I mean? Or when you're yeah. tripping, it, do, it doesn't, it's kind of there, but not there. You know, like you're almost at the thought that you're trying to get, but you can't quite get it. So it's like, like Jesus had a rock and they rolled it in right. front of this cave. Now it's like, you right. know, it makes sense yeah. to you in your mind, but when you try to express it, people are like, what are you saying? So I'm, yeah. I know I'm probably being, I'm giving him way Just too like much. Right now, it, Russ. Just like right yeah. now. Like every time, every time I have a, a thought on this fucking podcast. Well, it's what I call, I, when I listen to a song, I'll be like, oh, that's the first draft lyric. Meaning like that oh, like was that. an unedited, like that's right. the first thing that came to his mind. And, you know, we all do that when writing songs. We're like, we're flowing. We're, and we write a line that sounds like we were in a fourth grade poetry class. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Once we massage it and make it sound like we're adults here you know who have feelings right. but i think we talked about this in the are you passionate record where uh, the episode i was on where it's like in the 90s neil which i grew up with he's a he's still you know 25 like he's on stage with pearl jam in the in the flannel and singing fucking up and all this stuff and that's that was the neil that i first knew there's a there's a distinct change in the 2000s where he definitely like becomes an older person, which isn't bad, but that's where you get sort of some of these lines come from. And that's, that's where I, sometimes I'm, I'm more closed off to his, some of his two thousands work. But again, this record I love and musically it's right where I want it to be. Yeah. Uh, I love when the band comes in. I love mm. it, It's got a whole dreaminess to it. It's really beautiful. It yeah. is. It is totally dreamy is the best word for this. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of floating in and out. Yeah. You know, like a dream or like you're on acid. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And I think the whole idea of religion and spirituality comes to play a lot in this record too. Like we, we kind of revisited and walk like a giant. You'll see with the the line about pulling into spiritual or whatever. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and I think that, I don't know, maybe, maybe again, I'm reading too far into it, but I I do feel like it's somewhat intentionally. uh, um, Yeah. I well, think this, I, again, this is, you know, he just wrote a book and a lot of the book mm-hmm. on Waging Heavy Peace has to do with a lot of what he's saying here, especially the, the MP3 thing. Oh, yeah. He keeps That's, going back to yeah. that through the, the parts of the book I read. He keeps going back to that. He keeps going. And he says another word from Playtone, you know, and he'll talk more about how the project is going and who he's talking to next about making this a realization. And so... I think that from that, like that writing mode is still in there. Mm. You know what I yeah. mean? But it's just, yeah. it just seems like the music, like the, bo- like the book, like the, book right, the book writing mode, not, not the right. lyric. It's I like just, two separate things. And then he's trying to blend them too close to each other or something. Yeah. I just yeah. feel like this song is a testament to how good the horse is. Yeah. Oh, there's no denying the horse. You yeah. don't, you don't there's there is no denying the horse right um but the, you don't notice those lyrics as much do you know what i'm saying like if this was on are you passionate they would really stand out like i think yeah, we right. talked quite a bit about some of the lyrics in are you passionate yeah. and i don't I, I don't like to critique like someone's yeah well, that's in the whole, this whole podcast i don't know why i needed to qualify that but I, you don't it, it blends in like even when he's talking about the maharichi like it's just yeah. You don't notice it. It's just part of the song. I don't. I, I didn't even notice how long the song was. I didn't even want the song to end, which is yeah. wild. 
Anyway, yeah, I, that, I've got that feeling too. <clears throat> like you don't, you don't notice these songs are super long. And to me, it's because the guitar playing and the horse are just hypnotizing me. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. Like, I wrote that as well. That it doesn't get old. Like some, sometimes it has, I mean, what was the recent one where we were like, Jesus, you know, wrap it the fuck up. Tom Dula. Tom Dula. Well, Tom Dula. Yeah. Tom Dooley, but also fucking. Oh, uh, ordinary people. Ordinary people. Jesus. Yeah. One day at a time. You don't need to talk about ordinary people ever again, please. <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, in those ones, you feel the length. And in this yeah. one, you're just, you're, uh, you, you are, you're a part of it. So yeah, like Luke, I'm hearing what he's saying, but I don't, it doesn't, like it doesn't annoy me as much. You're right. It it, it would annoy me more if it was, you know, kind of like how ordinary people sort of got under under our skin a little. You know what I mean? A little more than right. Yeah. Like so, Rocky said to Gazo, it don't bother me none. <laughs> um, before we move on, okay. So what's the deal with Picasso? Can you not enjoy looking at a Picasso? I mean, unless you're at the Uffizi or the Louvre or wherever, and you're looking at the actual painting, the only other way you're going to see it is online or in a book, right? So what's the, can you not think of Picasso digitally, as, you know, just as well? I mean, or, or just, I don't, I don't get what the problem is with Neil. Well, on didn't one. they take, didn't they, wasn't there like a, an actual like a computer wallpaper or like one of those things that bops around the screen. Didn't they like take some of Picasso? Yeah. They did stuff like animate his paintings and stuff. Yeah. And then like had it be, I know I get what you're saying. I'm just, just, this is just, I thought it was maybe it's just Neil predicting NFTs is what this is. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Again. Yep. Time traveling vampire, John. Right. Mm -hmm. I do love though, that this is the one that he's like, John, you were saying that he's, this is uh he's letting you know right off the bat. Here's a 27 minute long, you know what I mean? It's uh oh Luke 27. But you know, um it's just right away. There's no yeah. there's no fucking around the lead off. Well, yeah. In the Picasso thing, they all tie together. The I mean, he's just saying art is turning into zeros and ones and that's where it's headed okay. and it's not right. coming back. I think. I get that. No, absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's and he's Seeing that while talking about how he's he's drifting back to a better place before, like right, where before, it all led up, where you to had this. to go to the museum. Yeah, yeah, and where also, yeah. and sorry to keep bringing it back to the meditation and the trip thing, but I mean, get used to it because I'm going to keep doing it. But I, I there are times, oh, right. there are times when this, uh, even musically, it it feels like it's a it's gonna come apart. You know, it almost feels like. Oh fuck! Ralphie is is too far here, and Billy's over here, and Neil. You know what I mean? And, and part, like they they seem like it's it it's one note or one fucking beat away from completely collapsing. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of the horse. That though. is the beauty of the horse. Yeah, I that, I know, but I'm saying you really feel right. that uh, more than ever in such a great, beautiful way. Where right. to go back to that lyric? It it eventually drifts back and they, they get back into that, that gallop, you know, that yeah. horse fucking. And, uh, I love that. I think that that just is, is a perfect start to this record 
to let you know what what you've got coming you know also mike just so you know i just wrote a note uh add seinfeld theme after mike says what's the deal with picasso what's the deal with picasso (laughs) (laughs) well he's wallpaper now it's a European carry-all. Hey, Daryl, they're doing Seinfeld now. Hey, I'm, hey, Daryl. Oh, Daryl. Hey, Daryl, they're doing the Hey, Daryl, but now hey, it's Seinfeld, and it's not me. Oh, you're Russ, the that's ass, decent. man. That's, that's decent. That's okay. decent one. That's right, let's first, go on to Psychedelic Pill. First try. Let's see if I get kicked out again. Oh, that would be so funny. <laughs> no, it's just going to take forever to load. Oh, fucking Neil Young Archives. We should it is great. Ads. It is worth it, but it's not ideal for Zoom. <laughs> but it is ideal for drums man i lo- i just love the beat in this this tune is 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 rad yeah anybody else hearing downtown in this song it's got a lot it's a lot of things it's there's some downtown there's some cinnamon girl there's yeah uh, cinnamon girl mm, it's a yeah. cool i like this i like musically i like this song because it's this really nice blend of <laughs> early like early crazy horse all the things you like the flan uh the flange is a little much for me but i get what they're trying to do it's fine but I, I felt the same way at first, but then I, I yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I, I see what, what you're doing, but uh, I think all of the other elements make it fine, you know, because, yeah. uh, man, that you were like you were saying, John, that sound, the fucking, that sound of, of all of these instruments mm-hmm. and just how fucking huge and it just gets, it just fucking hits you, you know what I mean? It's. Yeah, I like um, uh, the the Cinnamon Girl reference is good because to me the lyrics, it's like a continuation. It's like Cinnamon Girl Part Two, or it's it's like the the, the next ch- like the the girl from When You Dance. You yeah, know? it's like it's mm-hmm. it's it's like yeah. that idea. Yeah, that was that was what I girl. conjured up. Yeah, it was yeah, the when you was singing yeah. about in those songs, and or he could have been singing about you know his what his first wife Susan and Cinnamon Girl or or. Or, you know, uh, any one of the women he had met, but it's always like this idealized kind of hippie girl that's swirling and dancing. It's like a dream mm-hmm. and it's a dream of a girl. Which comes back again, kind of drifts back with that. With right. She's always yeah. dancing, you know, it comes back later in this record, too. But yeah, shoot, that was what I thought of, too, was the was um, the one you dance or or, yeah, like you said, the cinnamon girl or. Or even like like a hurricane or something like I saw you know what I mean I saw mm-hmm. you and I don't know like and I love the I love the line every move is like a psychedelic pill from a doctor I can't find yeah I love that mm-hmm. I think that's pretty yeah. cool yeah there's so yeah. many great lyrics in this album I feel it accompanied with some odd ones so 
But that, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's very simple. And it, it's also reminds me of like sort of 60s lyrics, like back in the time when like just singing about a girl dancing works. And there are, yeah, like mixed in with some pretty cool things. Uh, it, it reminds me of something that he would have written. Yeah. Like everybody knows this is nowhere era or. Yeah. This could have fit on that album. For sure. Or after the gold rush, you know, or sure. one of those early albums. Definitely. Yeah. And there is, there is a lot of, I mean, not that Neil hasn't done this his whole career, but I mean, on this record in particular, there's a lot of re- repetition, a lot of uh, like a mantra, you know, this is what I'm saying in this song. You know, she's looking for a good time, looking for a good time, looking for a good time. You know, it's like, um, that just didn't work with Tom Dula. That's right. all. Yeah, exactly. Cause that was how many we counted. It was like 37 <laughs> yeah, times. So he said ridiculous. Tom Dula or the guy said yeah. Tom Dula. It was just like, Oh my God, we get it. <laughs> Please help us. Um. listening here but uh yeah. i don't want it to end i know this the is song is this the one so song that should this is the song that should have been 27 minutes and yeah, yeah this, this is, is this is my favorite on the record maybe my favorite neil of the past 20 year old my definitely my favorite neil wow. and one i could just this is where i could just lay, lay down and just me, me too you know, hide, you know. yeah, yeah John, this is all i want from when we first, i want to hear the, i want to hear the chorus oh, okay. real quick so coming up it's not yet, but we're gonna get sued, Russ. I know, I know. I just I feel like it's we gotta hear the chorus, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree, John. It's like you just want to lay back and listen to this forever, you know. Just fucking die listening to this. about the simplicity i think this that chorus right there is the perfect culmination of that because yeah. it is very simple but it's also so incredibly impactful mm-hmm. i mean just the the repetition of she loves him so and then she does what she has to and the way that it fits that melody and what they're doing musically it is it's everything you know, it's it's fucking everything. Yeah. 
I know when we, we first talked to you, John, you mentioned this song. Yeah. Probably more than the songs on the album we were actually talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's so, definitely my top five Neil tracks of all time. Maybe top three, maybe. I love. I think also, just again, my, my joy of when this album came out and how excited I was after years of not, not really being excited. This track, I remember one one road, one tour I was on just on the highway, you know, like Arizona, Utah highways with this song playing. It's just like, it doesn't get any better, you know? Yeah. Mm. It is. It's, I was feeling the same way because I was tooling down the mass pike because that's some, sometimes when I have time, that's what I'll do to listen to these albums because Neil's albums are just tailored for driving on a highway. Mm. And I can't, it's, it's, it's Zen. Everything just was perfect. Mm. Yeah. You know, it was just the, just the lines on the road and with the, the way the sky looked and his guitar playing, which is some of his I mean, that most beautiful guitar playing ever. Mm-hmm. And I will, if you don't agree, I will come to where you live and I will cut your fucking face. He will He'll do it. It doesn't, He'll I mean, do it. it's, He'll fucking it's do really it. beautiful. And like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like what you were saying, Russ, with the way he's singing, she loves him so. It's just... It all fits. This is one of those moments where it all just it all it's a perfect it's so fucking organic. song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean cuz even that right off the top there with that brown 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 then that boo doo da da down like yeah. I mean Jesus that hits you if that doesn't hit you I'll join Mike and right. we'll both cut your face because right. that is I mean you're not that really alive. That's one of the no, right. That's one yeah. of those things where I mean, I know this is so cliche to say as a musician, but it's one of those it, it's one of those songs where you're like, a human person wrote that. A human person came up with this, right. this and it wasn't me. Somebody. And I'll never be able to be that person that came up with this. You know what I mean? The, you'll always try to write a song like this, and you never will. Yeah, you know. And and this song has, like you said, shoot, it's the perfect fucking. Right. It's more about, it's, it's not so much about the, with this particular song, like the, the, the craft of songwriting and stuff. It's about that, that the feel. 17 minutes that they were in the studio. Mm-hmm. It's just about that time yeah. right there. There's no way you're, you can say you, you always try to write a song like this, but you could, you could write it, but it will never sound like that. Yeah. That's 17 minutes. You know, that's like, no, the, right. that's, it's just, uh, you can't do it. It's just such a, a perfect, it's one of the perfect Neil songs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry and cut your face. I'm going to cry and cut your face while I'm crying. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I'll, I'll shut up after this, these last couple of things. Cause I, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I, this to me, it also is the, what I was saying about the meditation thing and the, and how I think Neil is trying to say the coming back, the drifting back, the, the going back, because each, each section of this song is, is sort of a different thing, a a different um, way of, of communicating that, you know, how, you know, there's, there's, you start off with the like, Oh, all these years and the time together and the kids and they moved on and, tried and cried and then but she loves him and then there's the spending time with the old friends and you haven't pe- seen people in forever and that but then every morning comes the sun it always comes back to like every morning comes the sun they they have you have to rise into the the day right 
You know what I mean? That yeah. day's coming. The sun's coming. The day's coming. And it's the like, day, hold, yeah. holding on to starts anew. You exactly. Know? And, like, and yeah. And I don't mean to bring us back to the, uh, the Kevin Neal in of happy Gilmore, but that whole, like, don't. it's all a cycle. It's all Please a flow. Don't. You know what I mean? Like that, that is what is Neil is what, saying here. Is that what you were ramping up to? Was that beautiful thing you said where you were ramping yeah, up to? Yeah, did you yes. just make a happy fucking Gilmore reference to Ramada <laughs> Inn? Yes, and you're going to take it, and you're going to accept no. it, and you're going to love it, That's and you're going to, and like hey, fist in my and shoe, shoe, <sighs> you're going to just tap it in. Okay, okay. You're just going to tap it in, <laughs> all okay? Right. I'm just going to, it's all I mean, in the hips. But I mean, that last verse in particular, too, the whole thing of, like, the change in, in uh, going south and the it's all it's all in there it's all in there and the cl- that last thing though to me and i'm sure luke maybe you uh, we're gonna mention this that that whole last thing where he says he just pours himself another tall one closes his eyes and says that's enough yeah and then it goes back to the chorus and i mean the last thing i'll say too about this this song is you really have to give credit as much as neil is playing like you said shoe some of the finest guitar work ever you don't get that without what what especially Billy is really holding this fucking mm, song down. Yeah, he is, yeah. Billy is I mean, his bass plan, he you don't get what you get out of Neil without the, the other guys. Yeah. And I and I think Poncho too is really just doing exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. And obviously I've mentioned how great they all work together, Ralphie, Billy, and all of them. But I mean in particular, I really noticed Poncho and and Billy giving just giving exactly the performance that allows those things in Neil that we get out of Neil for them to be right. so perfect for that puzzle to work. And that's no, that's no the offense, last I'll say about it. No offense to the love of your life, but he wouldn't be I don't think you would get a sound like that. I agree. Or a song like this with Ben Keith. I mean, I agree. I think, you know, or the Stray Gators, or Rick Rosas, or any of the, I mean, other the amazing <laughs> musicians he's played with. But no, it had to be exactly this. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe with those guys. maybe Danny Korchmar, but well, you know, Cooch landing on water is the best thing he's ever done, and this is a guy who worked on running on empty and tapestry. I'll always say that, and yeah, I so, so no, and I I agree with everything you guys are saying. I just I'm I'm so bewildered and just like kind of blown away that he can write a song that's somehow so sad and equally hopeful at the same time. Mm. And I never want this song to end as it's playing. It's just everything about it musically and lyrically. It's a goddamn perfect song. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, yeah, just like Kevin Nealon from happy Gilmore. It's oh, just Jesus. the same. That means it's time to move on. If the happy Gilmore stuff is going to keep coming up. I just, during thought Ramada, was, I just thought that was funny that Russ talked for like, like, I know like, he's Phyllis getting philosophical for four minutes. And he's like, you know, just like Kevin Nealon's monologue and happy Gilmore. <laughs> well, I wanted to say Kevin Neal. In. Okay. okay. Um, John, what, what else about this song in particular makes it your, one of your favorites of all time? Yeah, what I want to say is my only complaint about this song is that it's track three and it's too soon. You know, oh. Neil taught me the magic of the penultimate song, which has forever changed the way I make albums. <laughs> I always like having my second to last song be, a, a, you know, like, like Cortez or Hurricane. You know, you have these really long, amazing, drawn out, epic songs. And then you give them this nice little closer at the end um, for a lot la- 
lesser example would be like Revolution Number Nine, followed by Good Night on the White mm -hmm. Album. Uh, but Neil's really the one. There's countless examples of him doing that. And so to me, Ramada, it's a Cortez, it's a Hurricane, it's it's in that caliber, obviously. And it's it's almost too soon in the record where when I first put this on, I was like, "This is track three. Oh shit!" You know, like we're fucking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's when we get to that point where we're going to talk about what we would cut. Really, for me, it's all I would do would just be move uh, some things around because I want this either last or second to last because um, it's it's too good to be track three. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. But other than that, yeah, it's it's everything you guys said, and it's got the tones. You know, Dead Man is one of my favorite Neil Tone records, yeah. the soundtrack. And this has a, a bit of that on it, <coughs> as it does the other things. But it's that sort of late era fuzz that Neil's that Neil fucks with. And I just, uh, uh, yeah, it just gets me in this zone of, of bliss and, but also uh, pure sadness that I just love. It's really, yeah. it's every emotion. Yeah. It's that, it's that kinda, you know, that surf influence from yeah. when he was super young, you know, and mm -hmm. that twang has always, even during the super distorted stuff, there's always been that twang in there, you know, that kept it kind of warbly, which I love that. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, I, it's almost a little, you, I guess you can't have it all, right? You want the, you want the on the beach writing style. You, but but you don't want to sacrifice this guitar sound this um and and, and, and you know i mean not that I, and yes we we are pointing out how he's still an incredible writer to this day and and whatever but we've also established that as he has gone on in the years things have maybe simplified a little bit or whatever and um but i mean it would be cool to to hear this modern fuzz wild good big sound with some of that you know last trip to tulsa or you know what i mean well maybe uh, he'll travel back in time and make that record he will he will yeah it'll come and, out we'll get it soon take a few souls with him <laughs> all right let's get to the song that i can't get out of my head time I'm, I'm into like for the love of man i'm still singing this song in my head yeah you know i'm like singing it on the way to work i'm singing it while i'm taking a dump you know yeah. it's just like it's it won't leave my brain you yeah. know i mean that's just it's such it's such a crazy meat hook in my brain mm -hmm. you know it's it's such a, i love it it's such a great song it's like a, such a happy and it's a positive tune it's not like he's like oh i had a hard time when i was a kid he's like saying hey i was brought up right look at me that's very punk rock yeah me 
because you're supposed to be like the miserable tortured artist but he's singing about hey i had a great upbringing in this little town in ontario and everything that's good i you know can give credit to where i come from at least that's what i'm getting you know I like this, this right here too sorry Chew. It's that organ, right? Is that the organ that's there? A, yeah, that's a pipe organ. Yeah, I man, that sound, and then then the guitar right after. Oh, that's fucking. Yeah. So good. When I saw when I saw them on this tour, the, they would like the, they rolled the pipe organ out there, and I thought I was going to play it, but instead of playing it, they all kind of turned around and they put a spotlight on the organ, and I guess it was remotely playing remotely or something. Huh. But the keys were going and everything, but nobody was there, and it was kind of cool. So it was kind of like they all kind of like face the the pipe organ and the lights went down it was just a spotlight on the organ and it was kind of cool I was, they're just probably just saying look i can't play this and guitar at the same time so we're just going to do this and yeah you know bringing everybody's attention to it but yeah i, I love that that old pipe <clears throat> organ sound he's also uh listed on the the album it says nearly on guitar vocal pump organ string man and whistling <laughs> what is string man Oh, we got to give credit, credit too to Dan Greco, who was on the last record as well, wasn't he? The, oh, he was the percussionist, right? Yeah. So yeah. On, the, on on this record, he plays tambourine and bell. Nice. But other than that, it's just the the, the horse. And uh, I I really like their the what they're doing with that choir vibe in this one too. I think they're they're nailing it with you know the ooze and the background vocals. They they do a great job here. Yeah. Well, that's you know, there's that doo-wop thing. I mean, that's that was Crazy Horse, right? Yeah. Before before everything with Danny Witten, they were a, a doo-wop band. Yeah. You know, that's why they have such great vocals. Your that's thoughts on, on this tune, John? Yeah. I think it has a really nice Zuma slash after the gold rush, those upbeat, like uh, downtown or um, what else was I thinking? It's got, it's got a real fun throwback to it. That reminds me of, sorry, I know downtown's on tonight, tonight, but Zuma's got, something I feel like that would, that this would fit well in that, in those. Yeah. Zoomer stars and bars. Yeah. It yeah, does exactly. Sound, it, you know, now that you yeah. mentioned that it does, it does sound very similar to come on baby. Let's go downtown. Yeah. yeah. It, it cool, does kind of. Yeah. 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 My, my favorite thing about having John on an episode is he's so much more polite than us that we have to ask him. because <laughs> We'll just jump right over one another and we're just, that's what we've always done. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sorry, John. <laughs> At least we're polite enough to be like, John, what do you think about this? Because <laughs> I genuinely want to want to hear what you got to say too, you know? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Love that song. And I think it's a nice chaser to Ramada in that yeah. we've just been on this cloud of fuzz and now all yeah. of a sudden, this is like this is a regular song, which is good. Yeah, and I, and I think that John, do you like that organ part too? Because I, I think that that gives it, like you said, coming off of what we were that just that pure magic of Ramada in. This is kind of like brings us back to this plate. Like you said, this is a, a regular song. Don't worry, you're safe. You know, yeah. and then that organ just kind of gives me that. Um, it's all, it's almost Celticy, right? It's I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a Celtic or like yeah, Nils, kinda, yeah, you know. It kind of reminds me of, uh, it sounds a little like Garth Hudson playing that. Sure. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Garth yeah. Fives. Garth Fives yeah. for sure. 
All right, you want to head down the uh, twisted road? Well, Luke, did you want to talk about this song? No, I love I love this tune. Uh, This is my wife's favorite tune. This is in fact the only tune she likes on this whole record. I was going to say, born in Ontario, doesn't she doesn't even like Neil Young, but she likes this song. Not like Neil Young, but I made her listen with me earlier today. We went to Dairy Queen for the first. I treated myself for the first time since June, and uh, she's like, "I like, she like this song." I said, "Oh, what about the others?" Nope. (laughs) <laughs> well, you didn't have time for the others. I mean, how long was the drive to Dairy Queen? Well, the, the drive was to get get one more listen in before this episode. So. Oh, okay. All right. But this is a great tune. So you skipped Drifting Back and Ramada in on that no, listen? No, we did <laughs> okay. not skip. We don't skip those. All right. We don't uh, skip in the Condon minivan. In the Aerostar. <laughs> I find it like very adorable when these old rockers like mention each other. Uh-huh. There's, I don't know if you guys are into time I'm out of mind, Dylan. I don't know if you know that record. A little Hearts bit. in the Highlands. It's the last track. Yeah. He mentions Neil Young. Bob Dylan mentions Neil Young on um, one of his songs in the late '90s. Sort of uh-huh. just acknowledging he's listening. I think the line is something like, "I'm listening to Neil and uh, I want to turn it up" or something like that. I just I love when these these old guys are acknowledging that they both yeah. are special to each other. It's very, very it's, cool. It's, it's cute. Neil, yeah, Neil's really good at that. Tones are great on this record. You know, the Ch- Hank Williams line is a little again cheesy and sort of fourth gradian, but um, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Um, we can try to deconstruct that. It's I don't like it when people um, m- compare like make metaphors of things that are are like the same thing, you know what I mean? So he's trying to say like Bob Dylan's like lyrics and poetry were so good, like this other thing, this other musician who was good, but instead it's him chewing bubblegum, which are to say that Hank Williams is so good that his bubblegum is better than, uh, or is equal to I, Dylan's poetry. I actually took right. it a different uh, way, John. I um, took, I took it as, because I think what, um, people criticize Dylan a lot for in his writing is how it is just the nonsensical rhyming things. And a lot of what I, I mean, I could be way off, but what I've heard from a lot of people is like, Oh, you know, that, that line where he talks about bubble gum, chew bubble gum. And subterranean homesick. Yes. I think it's subterranean. Yeah. And so I feel like this is Neil kind of blending it all. And saying oh. because because you know Dylan was was a Hank fan as well, obviously, and so I think it's him sort of blending it all. And I, and I actually think that line where he says "gave it a twist and made it mine" is is um, him 
saying, yeah, Hank, Dylan, me, <laughs> Jesus had a rock. I mean, Jesus. yeah, don't forget Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus kind of, had a rock. That, that's actually a pretty cool insight. I, I, I like that. You might be giving Neil more credit. than. I, I mean, that's what I do. That's what I that, do. But <laughs> that's a cool insight. I can, that's, that's, that is a good way of putting it. Actually. But I really liked, I just, I mean, I also feel like it is a, a maybe a little bit cheesy and stuff, but I think it's in, a little bit intentional and I really like the line, gave it a twist and made it mine, especially yeah. when you think of some of Dylan's lyrics is, uh, you know, the simple twist of fate and stuff like that. I think that gave it a twist, made it mine line. I really enjoyed that. Me too. That is cool. Yeah. Now, Luke, I want to ask you, how do you feel about the name checking in this song? Cause I know you had an issue with him name checking Chris rock in uh, in ordinary people how do I don't, you feel about the way he name checks here i don't mind this as much because I, I agree with john i think it's adorable but also i think i think he this album this whole album is him going forward while looking back so i think in this one he's finding ways to cope with the future to cope with the fact that he's lost a good amount of friends in the past three or four years Right. And he's remembering the good times. So these, this doesn't feel like name checking so much as him just genuinely being like, I like this. Right. this yeah. Song. Who do you guys think, which Roy do you think? Is it Orbison or is it Harper? Which Roy do you think he's talking I, I about? Think it's Orbison. I think it's Orbison. Roy, Orbison. Yeah. I think it's Roy I, yeah. Jones Jr. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke, I actually thought of us and you in particular when, uh-huh. when he talks about the, the place singing in the place where he first saw Roy. Cause it made me think of us. And when we played, you know, like how we had first seen Dawes and then we were playing the same playing venue the same club. Yeah. And like being backstage and knowing like, Oh, our, one of our favorite bands played here and now we're playing here. It's yeah. And, and that, then, no, that I, feeling yeah. is, is a feeling you can't really explain if you haven't yeah. felt it, you know, it's, I don't know. That's yeah. cool. No, that's a cool, that's a, that's that's awesome because that's a that's a cool feeling right like you were oh, it's you know it, awesome. it may not yeah. mean a lot to to you know anybody else but you guys saw like it was like a pivotal point in your life you saw a band or an artist performing that really moved you and then all of a sudden you're on that same exact stage well right. you know you John, come that far didn't you and not that this is <sighs> probably the first time but didn't you just play the Fillmore like a few days ago <laughs> yeah that was uh it was my first time headlining and i, I mentioned wow. that to the audience that you know, I, trying to play it cool as a, as their performer for the night, but the little kid in me is is freaking out. You know, because right. this is, and you feel that. I don't know if you guys have been on that stage, but the no. the weight, the energy uh, is so thick up there. It's it's, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not a that that spiritual or that cheesy of a guy, but it's like I couldn't deny it. You're you're wading through all this amazing everything. Oh, yeah. You know, all these different genres: Miles Davis, Janis Joplin. Uh, mm. James Taylor, like everything you could think of. It's uh, fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's special. I see where, I see where Neil's coming from. It's really, it's just cool that at this age, after all he's been through, he's still willing to kind of nod to, yeah. you know, that, that kind of youth. So. And I think that these two songs go together really well. Like the, the uh, vibes, the energies yeah. of these, these two songs back to back are are really good i think the the chorus is is fun and catchy too you know it's it's got a a, that's great yeah this one this one was one of the ones too when i first put this on on my walk that really caught me and like kind of gave me like a good like wholesome joyful feeling yeah you know for for once he's not moaning about how the hippie dream died right he's kind of looking back fondly 
And yes. he has in the past, but it's, it's like, you know, he's, when he talks about stuff like that, he does kind of touch on that though with walk like a giant, but, um, but, but, walk but like this, a he's giant, looking back on, he's talking about the good times specifically on this. Right. And, and walk like a giant feels more like, uh, as much like, and I love walk like a giant and, and it's definitely a, like a, like a hope filled song, but there's like elements of like, ah, we didn't do what we thought we were going to do. And it, whereas this is just like, it's just like, man, I just want to like fucking roll a J and <laughs> listen to my favorite <laughs> Dylan record. And right. that, that, it's just like a good vibe. Like I get this. This is like, I came home, I got nothing to do. I'm looking through my records and I'm just going to put on fucking, I don't, for me, it'd be Neil, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Mike is probably some shitty ska band, you know, whatever it is. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with ska. No, it's King You're Crimson, just, Luke. It's King, it's Crim- King Crimson. Crimson. King Crim- Luke didn't know in- who King Crimson was. I was embarrassed. I thought it was a know? bad horror movie. <laughs> All right, let's 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 move on to uh, <laughs> She's Always Dancing. I'm really curious to hear what Russ is going to say about the intro to this song. I'm, I'm, I, was, I wasn't going to say it, but now that you've fucking, now I feel like I have she to. She wants to live It's hard to stop. It's hard to I know. stop. This, I was yeah. going to say, about this, the one thing about Zoom is Russ now is in control of the audio. <laughs> and he, you have to literally say, you have to fade it. We can't listen to the whole song, Russ. It's so hard, man, especially when he's playing like that. Come I on. know, yeah. but we just have, just go listen to it. Fucking. Well, now that, now that Luke fucking decided to bring this up, I called him the other day because sometimes, I don't know, maybe this happens to you, John, where you just... <laughs> You get these dumb, like, you get these dumb earworms in your head that, like, you created on your own based on the melody of the song, and it's, like, completely ridiculous and nonsensical. And mine is uh, very much a Luke moment because it has to do, it has to do with male genitalia, which is... Don't make me, don't think this is a me thing. When doesn't it? I mean, seriously, Exactly. It is a you thing. You're the one who fucking brought it up. Yeah, always. So now I have to say it, and now I'm going to ruin this song for everyone. But I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it happened. But when I was listening to this song, this is what got in my head. Okay? It goes like this. He wants to dance, but the penis in his pants won't let him. Whoa, no. And I can't get it out of my head every wow. time I hear this fucking song. Russ called and the song is so the good. Just to tell me that. And that was it. Whoa, it wasn't no. another thing. And then he wants to say this is a Luke thing. I didn't do that. Oh, no. Wow. Well, I completely forgot what I was going to say about this song. Oh, man. It's, it's in my head, too. 
Thanks. You said Neil does listen to this, right? You guys said that? Yeah. 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 Uh, No, he absolutely, there's no way. If he steals that, if he steals that line. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's totally going to steal. John's going to steal that line. That line. (laughs) It's stolen. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, come on. The guitar playing in this. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty awesome. It's right. I mean, it's right there with Ramada. It's it's everything I want from Neil and the horse. It's just. The, now I will say this about the beginning. I am not a fan of choir choir Neil. I guess you could call it or oh, uh, choral Neil. Coral like, Neil. <laughs> uh, is it Prairie Wind that has the "When God Made Me"? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So those are the. I mean, again, let I'll let the man do whatever he wants. It's his album. But when choir Neil hits, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, it has to be. It has to be done right. It sometimes it works and sometimes not so much. Yeah, yeah, I I feel I feel I'm not always a, the biggest fan of choir choir Neil either. I did like in this one how oh, it choir Neil how it started with that and then in that same sort of like in uh, drifting back it shifted. Yeah, the shift is cool. No yeah, fun. and that and yeah. that's again goes back to there's a lot here because it's again someone the, the dancing thing the yeah this is this the, this this idealized girl again. Yep, the looking back right. to that idealized time or person or image or uh, you know and then that drift that shift into this other thing and again if the horse if playing music with the horse is is neil breathing and this is his meditation it's like okay this choir is here i can't get this thought out of my head okay let me drift back to breath let me let me fucking find my center again and that center is him fucking playing the best guitar in the world with the with one of the best you know, rock back rock bands of all time. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what it is. I love the girl, the, the girl in this, um, in this particular song sounds like it's, it's a few years later for the girl in psychedelic pill. And she's, yeah. this one has more of a, she's just hanging on kind of vibe <laughs> to it as opposed to she's just having a good time. Sure. This is the one where it's like, she's, she's trying to make it last and she's just at that point. I don't know. That's the vibe I get from the lyrics here. Also, as far as the intro go, he totally ripped off that sound and almost the exact melody of the beginning of In My Dreams by Dokken. So if you want to look that up, it pretty much sounds the same. Hmm. All right. I'll yeah. check that out. Yeah, I don't know. I know you guys are huge Dokken fans and you already know <laughs> No that. idea what that even is. Oh, you know what? I love uh, a good pair I'll of do- Dockers, Mike. So. Well, they're 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 almost as comfortable to listen to as wearing a broken in pair of Dockers. All right, <laughs> but again, this this song, same thing. It's got that mantra thing to it. It's a it's a repetition. It's lyrically, there's not a lo- whole lot of poetic depth, like we've said. But it's it's here's the message. Here's what I'm saying over and over again, and then let me go back to my to to the music, to the guitar, to the sound, to the that you know um it seems to be a whole the whole thing the whole time you know this is my cut song i'll say it this is i really? like it this she's is always dancing song, is yeah that's your yeah. cut song yeah wow. it's fine that's interesting it's uh and it's not that i don't like choir neil i do i actually i like for the most part like choir neil but uh i also think choir neil should be a character on this show <laughs> oh boy <laughs> could have to find a closer sound <laughs> I think he'd be an acquired taste, though. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I just think... Uh, hey, <laughs> it's my. It's just my... It's not that it's a bad song. It's my... It does... 
the least for me on this record. And I know the tendency is to go for the next track, but this one just, uh, I like the next, actually really like the next track. No, I, I do too. I, I don't like cutting any song, but, um, well, let's go on to the and maybe next it'll track, change. Yeah. yeah. Maybe something will change my mind. Um, we'll see. Neil talks about angels. I don't know what it is. I just feel like this makes me think of Sleeps with Angels, which I think gets forgotten and is a really fucking great record. Not that yeah. this song is anything like Sleeps with Angels, but also not to get dorky and Neil conspiracy again, but <laughs> here I go. This song, uh, he talks about a bell. A bell rings three times in this song. And if you've seen the Sopranos finale, you know that that's significant. That's all I'll okay. say. Okay. Okay. That's all. Right. Okay, Luke, come but back just, to us. I just think that this is, uh, he always does this in every album, even the Crazy Horse albums. He has this kind of a song, and most of the time I'm not for it, and this time I am for it is the only way I know how to explain this. I'm trying mm. to think of an example. I had two on my phone, and my phone just died. Well, what, would I, what I would say about this song is, like, I want it to be, like, a part in my heart, you know, crazy horse vibe where i would take the drums out and have neil pick it a little bit more yeah that's when that this to me that's this is my cut not because i like this one a lot but it's almost like i'd rather it be even like take the drums out get it that acoustic thing i'm trying to think of, okay through my well, sails you know that mm, kind of thing right um honestly sails. john the thing that bothers me most about this song is the drum is the drums the like yeah, it's just not necessary yeah yeah i don't i don't something about it just it's too much it's uh i want it to end like yeah. It, it, it yeah and and no, no other song on this record have i felt like you know what i mean i don't not like i don't want no other song do i want to end and this one i'm kind yeah. of not that i i don't know it's not like i don't enjoy it i agree i just think take the drums out and just have him do it yeah, in that in that uh, folky sort of way would be great. I, I also yeah, just, I love I, Zuma has two of those moments where you're you've you've been with with part of my heart and through my sails, which are just like I know and I know through my sails is almost a CSNY song basically, but yeah, um, where you take the drums out and it's just you're just in this nice valley. It's really beautiful, and that's this one just seems kind of in between for me. So yeah. I think maybe yeah. if it was like that, I would like, I, now that I think about it, I would like it more. I, or at least I would appreciate the lyrics more because I don't really like the lyrics in this. They seem, I don't know. They just, they just seem very generic. I like the me. lyrics. For except I don't for know that what middle part, except the middle part where he says, let me wander there. Let me wonder why on the ocean wave to the billowing sky. Yeah. Let me wander there. I love that. I love mm. that. Yeah. Down the dusty road else, to the forest church. I fucking love, I don't know. Like I love it. 
It almost sound, to me, it almost sounds sarcastic. I don't know. That's the vibe I get. Really? Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, it kind I know of bugs you, me. I know what you guys are saying because it's for me now. It's it's like the uh, the dreaming man effect where I loved Harvest Moon and then I heard Dreaming Man and, and I'm like, oh, these are so much better on Dreaming Man. Right. I, I get there could be a much better version of this. And honestly, there yeah. probably is somewhere. But I just really like the uh I don't know. This song just it got me. It just got me at the right spot. It's almost like or surprised. like what's the other one? Like uh what's the once an angel, that that type mm-hmm. a little and, bit. Not, not the same though, like but like even like when the child is born to live, but not like you or I. He just has yeah, these, I like, like that. I like that. Interesting fucking thing. I don't know. I fucking love I don't know. It's not my top three. It's like, it would be my second to least favorite song, but I just, something about it grabbed me. And I like the bell in it. I like the fucking little bell that's there. So. Yeah. That's that, probably, uh, what's his name? Um, and Greco. Greco. Yeah, Greco is his bell man. He doesn't go, when he does bells, it's always Greco. It's gotta be, it's gotta John, be Greco. You got, a, you got a bell man, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone's gotta, gotta have a bell man. <laughs> All right, we want to move on? Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's walk like a giant. Yeah. It sounds like they're going to play like a hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Which Poncho over there sounding, sounding good too, you know? Another one where if you really listen to Billy, Billy's great too. I'm just gonna let it. Guitar. That's John. I know you said you like this period of the sound of his guitar, and I'm I'm totally with you on that. From like, from like Ragged Glory on, especially with Crazy Horse, that his electric guitar playing, it's so just epic. I always like to say he could carve canyons with what he's playing. It's just gigantic sounding, and it's at the same time it has that uh, that kind of openness that high lonesome sound you know he's got that twang mixed in with it too and it's just it's just so beautiful and i you know when it gets really distorted and stuff he still makes it sing even when he gets it really like fuzzed up too it's amazing what he can do yeah there's so many elements (laughs) does anybody else think does does anyone else envision the the puppets from fraggle rock doing the whistling because i don't (laughs) Well, be a little high. I don't know. Who was it on, on yeah, Facebook that said the fee fi fo fum Oh, or, the, yeah. yeah. Joel. <laughs> I picture the seven dwarves, you know? I don't know. Yeah, but the, my only beef with this song is that the whistling performance is a bit weak. I like the riff. I like what it's what he's thinking, but either get a, a better whistler or... <laughs> it's him know. whistling. I know, it's him whistling. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. I don't want to diss Neil, but... The perf- I've tried to whistle on tracks. It's hard. Whistling is an art for sure. I can't, I can't whistle at all. Yeah, so. I can't and either. Recording whistling is really difficult. 
you know, with if you're like a really breathy whistler, I think the really good people like Andrew Bird, who like are like pro whistlers, they know how to do it. Yeah. And um, anyway, that's that's the song. It always takes me out a little bit because I'm in love with the tones and the band is is fucking hot. And then the very sort of not strong whistling comes in, and I'm just like, it makes me wish it was anything else. But so you, otherwise. So you- you think he should have gotten like some kind of slick Nashville whistler? He should have hired Andrew Bird. Andrew Bird yeah. is an excellent whistler. Yeah, yeah Andrew, and I don't care. Somebody John, from the Wrecking Crew that did the whistling, you you're, know, or John, something. John, you're like a bit that. a bit of a whistle. Uh, what's it called? Uh, fuck, I'm forgetting the words. I'm connoisseur. Yeah, snob. a little bit snob. A whistle, a whistle snob. Whistling I didn't know this about you. He's a whistle pig. Yeah, when I went to UC Santa Cruz, <laughs> you know, um, there was a kid there who was getting his degree in the music program in whistling. Wow. And this kid, I can't remember his name, but he was phenomenal. And he would come to the open mics. We'd all hang out and he would play like, um, jazz songs on the guitar and then do like the Coltrane or the Davis or the, you know, Dave Brubeck, whatever parts. And he was like the best whistler I've ever wow. seen in my life. And that really got me trying to whistle more in songs and realizing how shitty I was. <laughs> you know? Holy shit. It's yeah. gotta be in like the, it's got to be in the chapstick or something. You know what I mean? It's got to like, he must, he must like custom make his own solve or something to put on his lips. Yeah. Just the right, something. Right I think it's in the teeth. I think. Is it in the teeth? I don't know. I yeah. can't whistle. It's, it's the lips. Yeah. It's all in the lips. Yeah. You know what, it, you know what it's all about? It's about a nice hot cup of Fiesta yeah. tea, which Tiesta is a new sponsor, John, here on the Long May You Young oh, nice. podcast. And if you uh, order your Tiesta tea online and enter the code YOUNG15, you get 15% off your order. And it'll help you whistle a whole lot it's, better than I, Neil does. It's guaranteed to make you a good whistler, I believe. Yes, so, do you, so, John, do you think you should have added some, like... Ooh, you know, like some Disney little, shit, yeah. Get a little birdie with it. All, all right, yeah. Russ. All right, <laughs> all right. Showing off. showing off my whistle. Whatever. We get it. We now that we know John's a huge whistle snob, you don't need to show off the earth. Luke, Luke, what do you think of the? What do you think of the? Hey, John, um, on your next record, if you need a whistler, I just want you to know I got a mic in my house. Luke, like what do you it. think? What do you think of the? Uh, walk, the fact, the walk. fact that he says Luke, 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 Luke in that part. Listen to it. He's saying Luke. He's not saying walk. You think you know so? what it, it yeah, because he knew of, about this at podcast. It remind, and this is the first time I'm bringing this man up in this podcast in a long time because there was a time where he almost came up in every podcast, in every oh, episode. Boy. And it kind of reminds me of the ooh, uh, in Allentown by Billy Joel. Oh, Billy Joel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I just wanted bit. to bring up Billy Joel. I know <laughs> I was reaching there, but I know you guys missed me bringing up Billy Joel. So. We did. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Everybody drink. Sorry, I like the part of this song near the end when it just kind of degrades into sort of giant steps. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? That, that yeah. part's really yes. cool. I yeah. love that too. I love how he just stretches that out and it's just pounding. Sweet. And it's just like, it's... I yeah, remember get- seeing that live. He was like really doing that live. Oh, really? Yeah. That's me. Okay, geez, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the... Was it before this, no, it's though? Like, right, it's like the last, like, almost two minutes, right? Or even longer than that. I love this. This is really cool, yeah. I would have loved to have seen this live. Same. Yeah. It's almost, like, industrial. Yeah. yeah. craft working. 
But yeah, like, what's our timestamp right now? Where are we in this song? Like, fifth, uh, there's like a minute left, so it's yeah. 15 something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love crazy. this too. And yeah, he, before that, he, master with the it, it, he was doing other cool shit even before that towards the end. Hold on. But live, yeah. he would like, he would lift a leg up near, the, you know, as they got slower and slower. And then when he came down, when he, his foot came down on the stage, they would just like pound it. And then he would like just make it slower. So he was kind of like taking these giant steps on stage. And every time his foot would come down, the rest of the band would come down. And it was it was huge. It was man, so I, I wish good, I man. saw this tour so bad. <laughs> so- he was crazy on this tour. Like I've only seen him three times. One of those times was solo. And then one time was with the it was the uh, 2007 tour there before Fork in the Road came out. He had Ben Keith with him and stuff. But when I saw him on this tour with Crazy Horse, it was like, he was like obnoxious. He was like just rolling around on stage and running around and they were all pushing each other. It was almost like a punk show. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and he was he would just like roll Wait, is this on the one with his guitar and Is this and, the one where you said that they were <laughs> that poncho like they were being mean to people in the audience? Well, they were, like, yeah, like when fuck they play, you and shit well, to people they in the audience. Up, they sometimes go <laughs> oh, into this yeah. chant where they go, You're a fucker, <laughs> but Poncho was really getting into it in the show. Like he was like had his finger in the faces of the people up front, just going, You're a fuck up. And then people started getting <laughs> angry. <laughs> And, and you can hear the <laughs> so people started yelling, telling him to shut up and fuck you and you're the fuck up and all this stuff. And he was really getting into it. Like he's, you're a fuck up and you're a fuck up. I mean, he, it was fucking awesome. That's what John it. does uh, at his shows when uh, people don't whistle correctly during. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this song is awesome. And there are so many dynamics to this, to this tune. Some it's rules. every, every piece of it is really, really interesting and just, it's a, yeah, it's a fucking awesome so, song. It, oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, Russ. Oh, no, I was just going to say the lyrics we could analyze, too. I mean, that whole thing, the tracks ahead were long and straight. We were riding on the desert wind. We were pulling into spiritual riding yeah. on the desert wind. I, think there, I don't know. There, it's another one of those. It's almost the Jesus had a rock type of thing, but it's not quite, you know. I yeah, like right. the, um, but then the weather changed and the white got stained and yep. it fell apart and it breaks my heart, you know, yeah. obviously, and get ready to drink. This song is about Crosby, Stills and Nash. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. I'm not drinking these days. Sorry guys. <laughs> I got you, Mike. But yeah, that, I mean, this is that, that thing I was talking about earlier. It's kind of the opposite of twisted road where he's kind of looking back saying the hippie dream died and yeah. it died a horrible, slow, painful death. And you know, we had, we had a mission and we failed in our mission. I don't know how, I, I don't know how negative it, it actually is though, because I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's looking back and being like, oh man, we really fucked up. We could have done it and we should have done it. And now look at us as, as much as it's a bit of the accepting and the coming, because he says, I used to walk like a giant on the land and then, uh, and and the to the juxtaposition of that is when he said now i feel like a leaf floating in a stream but that to me isn't him saying like that's a bad thing i don't think the leaf flowing flowing and floating in the stream is a bad thing and it also kind of goes back to the meditation thing because when you're meditating it you're 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 supposed to flow you know you are 
flowing with don't be, get caught up, blocked up in the whatever and try and turn around. It's like that is the flow. Be the leaf on the stream. Be the stream flow. Float in the stream. You see, of, I see it as the opposite where he walked like a giant. He knew what he was doing. He was in control. And now he feels like he's just floating along. He's no longer walking or, or moving with purpose. Like yeah. he was, say, in the you know when in the late sixties, mid late sixties, early seventies, yeah, and, and and so that's what I get. I see what you're saying too, Russ. That there's there's a you know a change in that where it's like you've done that, and now it's just time to kind of chill, accept right, and, and surrender, let, and let the yeah. river take you, you know, wherever yes. you're going. But it does. It is. A, it is a nostalgic looking yeah. back and. And, but I think it's, a, I think it is aggressive. You know, it's a, it's a, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe it's intentionally aggressive, especially that end John, that whole like fucking and where it gets, yeah. it gets nasty ish. You know, it's, it's like, well, that's, the, it's beautiful. Me, that's, it's beautiful, but it's aggressive to me. That's the giant, you know, and it's yes, and yes, he's slowing down and then of course. he's just not walking anymore. You know, he's gone. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, I I mean this is one of this is definitely my top three. Me too. Yeah. You know, and um, it's again almost seventeen minutes long, yet it only it just goes by so quickly for me. Yeah, and it's a good same. I, what I said at Armada, you know, like this is a good closer. It makes sense that it's closing. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say I, when you were when you were talking about the penultimate thing, um, I sort of felt like well, I mean, I I agree. I think Armada is a better song, but this isn't a bad penultimate, you know, it's not, ultimately it's not a bad choice. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like, makes you think of everyone knows this is nowhere where you have down by the river and cowgirl, which is like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Those are right. both <laughs> perfect and both, you know, belong near the end, but you can't do it. So I think he closes side one with, uh, is that how it is on? I believe so. Is yeah. He, is, yeah. I think he's, so there's that too. And, and I know this is like a, 200 minute album or whatever so i don't know how this plays out on vinyl um but maybe ramada in well actually, i guess one side on vinyl i believe drifting back takes up two sides it does yeah yeah that would make sense so okay, it's, yeah. a, it's a triple drifting back is yeah. both side a and b of the first one the second one is both versions of psychedelic pill then ramada is d then oh. i think it's uh e it might even be three records because yeah, I think it is the triple. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a Six lot. I, I I looked it up. It's like the cheapest one I found was like one hundred and seventy dollars. <laughs> yeah, Luke, I know we've talked about this. Like, there's just certain eras of Neil where you're just the vinyl yeah. is basically impossible. I mean, yeah, it doesn't stop us from looking though. <laughs> I got a mirror ball. Uh, what? Mm. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. One of my nerd friends told me that it's a, it was a German pressing. Okay, so it's like. It's. I think it sounds fine, but it was. It was about forty-five bucks, and but on Discogs you can find some stuff that's that's from Europe that's doable. But it's like yeah. the nerds will tell you that it ain't shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know anyway, what's interesting? I hate, to, I hate to spoil the party, but I got to bounce. I'm on. Uh, the crew is waiting on me, and I told them I was doing a podcast about Neil Young. And they said we'll give you a ninety minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm All right, man. Time. I love All you guys. Right. I thank you so All much. All right, man. Love you, John. Fun. Thanks, for, yeah. John. Thanks for joining man. us. Yeah. Thanks a lot, John. Okay. Hey, John, real quick, top three. Yeah. Top three, Ramada, for, for sure, number one. Um, I'd probably just do 
I'd probably do Ramada, Giant, and Twisted Road because they've all got that tone I want. You know, those. It's pretty common for me to get on Spotify and put those three back, like back to back, and just that's that's my psychedelic pill journey. Love the rest, but those three are everything. Perfect. Awesome. Have fun out there, man. We'll see you. All right. Thanks, John. Bye. That's John Craigie. You can catch him on tour right now. I think he's on the, I think he's got five or six shows left on the West coast. If you're out there, look him up, go see his shows. He's really great. Yeah, he's great. You got to see John live. He's a, he's a great storyteller and his new song's awesome. Lori rolled me a J rules. He's just so good. Asterisk. And the, the album before that asterisk, Unbelievable moment. The live one is wicked good too. Yeah, his, you got to see him live because the storytelling element with John Craigie is definitely it's it's awesome. Yeah, you know he could I could just listen to him tell stories, you know for for a couple hours. Same, yeah. Will it, we? I, I missed him when he was out here, but we'll have to try next time. I like yeah. he leaves the podcast and we say nice things about. Him. I know, right? Yeah. See you later, John. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. I we could play psychedelic pill. The other I one. I actually like this version better than okay. the, uh, the album version. I think it's I a do little, too. it's a little rougher. Well, and you don't have that. Like you, like he was saying, that's war believe that flange. Yeah, yeah, there's the not flange, as much yeah. flange on it, but I, there's, there's a, some other things they add to it. And I, I think, I don't know. I, I prefer this one to the, the original version. Yeah, I think I do too. And now I'll let us sit through all 37 minutes of horse. I agree with that. No, <laughs> this is this is just some of the other psychedelic pill. Guitar, like yeah, this would sure. this would totally fit on Zuma. This version, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yep, it's great. Yeah, all right, now let's listen to all the horseback. <laughs> we touched on horseback. Yeah, we bit. talked about horseback. That was the thirty-seven minute jam. It just sounds like they just started. I just wonder if Neil, like, that's one of those roll tape moments, and they all just like came together. That was like their first time together in however many years, and they just plugged yeah. in and started playing. I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's like an organic jam. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. Luke, what are you smoking? It's just a CBD. It's like a hybrid. Oh yeah, yeah. it's got like a tiny bit of THC. Oh shit! I, I was gonna make that. a. I was going to make a joke about how Laurie rolled me this J and then I forgot during the whole entire episode. Because you were smoking pot. You're taking yeah. pot, Luke. You're turning your brain to mush. I'm smoking drugs. You're throwing all those years away you work so hard for. <laughs> a fucking, it's called <laughs> dolening. You're going to be behind the armory in Fitchburg sucking cock <laughs> for fucking a, a dime bag. Hey, the armory rules, by the way. <laughs> um, it's nice and dark back there. Uh, all right, my, I think we're at the end of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah. I think my top three are probably, <clears throat> uh, this is a hard one for me, but I think I'd have to go. My one is Ramada. My two is probably Walk Like a Giant. And my one, I think, I'm sorry, my three is, um, I think it's Twisted Road tied with Drifting Back. It's, I'll just go Twisted Road. 
Remember, you can you can take parts of songs now. We determined that on the last. Like I said, take the last four minutes of Tom Dula out. You know, you can. Oh, for, yeah. Well, so that's for your cut. But for me, I would take Drifting Back as a whole. Okay. So you know what? I'm going to allow myself to tie Twisted Road and Drifted Back as my number three. <laughs> okay. Or Ramada is my now. easy one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Russ, you want to go? Or you want me to go? Uh, sure, I'll go. Uh, my number one is Amada Inn. My number two is Walk Like a Giant. And my number three is Drifting Back. Uh, I, for me, I actually like Born in Ontario a little more than Twisted Road, right. I think. And actually, and she al- she's always dancing would be, I don't know, Psychedelic Pill too, though. <laughs> yeah, that that's right? tough yeah. to pick. They're, they're all tied, like all the rest, except for Love of Man. But go ahead, uh, Shu. Uh, my number three would be... Uh, would be giant number two number two is ontario okay, okay yeah. yeah i love that too yeah man. i do too i do too mood, and there's just something <clears> about <throat> it that's just, it's got that magic but it's it's not as amazing as ramada in which is my number yeah, one also so good i would honestly how great that song is for sure i think ontario would would probably be my close because the only reason I think I have to have drifting back on my top three is because it sets the, it, this is, it's no, you, this is it. It's like, yeah. here you go. Um, this is the record. Drifting this is rules. get your, and yeah. I think it, it, it's the whole thing, you know, I'm leading it, off with a 27 minute song. So right. And also it's now. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's got a fucking care what you think or right. what you want. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is 27 minutes. It's the first track. And I again, I think it sets the tone for what the message I think of the record is, is that yeah. whole like coming back, drifting back the drift, the, <laughs> the return, all of that stuff. So I, re- I read a review too, talking about that song plus Ramada, like how it weeds out just fucking, the boys from the men, <laughs> you know what I mean? With these, yeah, that's a good way to put it, right? Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, it's like if you're ten minutes into drifting back, and you're just like, "All right, I'm done," then you—that's yeah. it. You're, yeah, you didn't pass the test. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you love Crazy Horse, I mean, you'd probably put that on repeat a few times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna pull a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal what John said and my cut song is going to be for the love of man, but only I'm not going to, I'm just going to cut out the drums and, and I'm going to just <laughs> right. have it be, I'm going to have him perform it as a, like a folky sort of thing. Uh, um, yeah, so that's gonna, my cut song too, for the love of man, even without the drums. I just, uh, okay. it's a little, little too yeah, hokey I, for me. I, I'm yeah, still me cutting. Too. She's always dancing. It's just my cut. That's insane, but you were not, entitled to that. Insane. You don't know what you're talking about. You yeah, hate you're, Scott. Yeah, you're wrong. You don't understand who you are. <laughs> you don't even know who King Crimson is. Why should we even fucking listen? <laughs> no, but I know who the Crimson <laughs> King is. Hey, that. that's true. That's true. Everybody's favorite episode of this podcast. Um. All right. Well, that was a uh, that was pretty good. I'm. I did. I really wanted to do this one in person, but we had John, and I wanted to talk to John because he's been asking about this, and he's a he's a good dude. I love that he loves to talk yeah. about Neil. So, yeah, he's a great guest. Um. Next. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to John Craigie and uh, Lori rolled me a J new single. Listen to it a million <laughs> times. It's awesome. Um, what uh? What what are we doing next, boys? I think is it's another it's another live one, right? It's the cellar door one. Cellar door, yeah. And the, I, I think so. Patreon, I'm not sure what we'll do, um, but I think we're doing either more of the archives or we have something 
something different. Well, eventually <laughs> well, we will. Good, Luke. Okay, it'll be more of the archives or something else. Well, I don't want to spoil <laughs> what it might be, so I don't, and I don't know okay. if it's happening or not. But uh, okay. we'll we'll figure it out. But uh, either way, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you if you're a patron next week. If not, uh, we'll see you in two <laughs> weeks. He wants to dance, but the penis in his pants won't let him. If you rang in the new year with someone special and you're starting a new chapter in your relationship in 2023, Indochino can help you look your best on your big day. With their huge variety of customizable details and fabrics, Indochino lets you design your own unique look from made-to-measure blazers and suits to a custom, portrait-worthy tuxedo. All with no tailor necessary. Shop online to set up your measurement profile and choose your fabric and customizations. Or if you prefer an in-person experience, book an appointment at an Indochino showroom to work with an expert-style guide. Then sit back while your suit is made for you and delivered straight to your door. Suits start just $4.49 and premium fitted shirts start at $89. So if you're ringing in 2023 with wedding bells, plan your custom look with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NEWCHAPTER to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com. Promo code new chapter. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.